<laughs> We're live. Live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's the Nerdy Podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm another host, Paul. Uh, and we are joined today by Team Podcasts uh, BFG Big Friendly Giant Kev and the, <laughs> the original book club uh, book nerd, that is Charlotte. Don't worry, we're not going to dump any blood on Charlotte today, so that's fine. Uh, no carry moments for you. <laughs> Not on screen anyway. Yes, uh, we'll leave we'll leave that for Kevin Charlotte's private life. But yes, <laughs> um, so yes, uh, today's episode. Um, sorry, I'm getting mesmerised by the new screen with it moving now. I'm me trying to be all clever and shit, <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> so it looks all fancy and stuff sorry. now. <laughs> but yes, uh, professional now. Yeah, proper fancy. <laughs> So yes, today's episode is going to be a little bit intellectual, shall we say? Going to be a little bit upbrow for us. We're you doing, never uh... mentioned anything about intellectual. <laughs> should I? Um, should I log off and like? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Charlotte just want to take this one. <laughs> Can we play Norton Crosses in the corner, Sammy. <laughs> but yes, um, we are going to take, like, say, going from great books that have been transformed into movies, and we might even talk about some uh, great books that haven't been transferred well to movies <laughs> and uh, like say have that type of conversation because I know with a lot of different books and a lot of different incarnations there's always like say the conversation you have did it work did it not work well we are going to have that little brief conversation today so I'll let Sam get a, a little bit of a disclaimer out the way before she, she gives us the evil eye <laughs> it's just my eyes today I have makeup on <laughs> <laughs> I made an effort for the night. <laughs> so everything discussed in tonight's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you want to discuss anything from tonight's episode, please come and join us on the Facebook group and we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone... Oh, gosh. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can agree to disagree in fandom, so let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Yes. Told you I'd emphasise the word toxic yeah after the week we've had with uh, a yeah. few instances uh in the nerdy group which we do try and keep friendly and the toxicity out of there but with the new star wars come out the uh, star wars fans has read its ugly uh head again which God, it's such a simple concept just don't be a dick yeah, yeah. It's, it's so easy <laughs> yet so hard for people to follow mm. and that's why i emphasize the word toxic it's yes. a film about space wizards. Yeah, to be no, fair, I was more I'm surprised about the a green person. Yeah, I was surprised about the kicking off about uh, the a fairy changing color in Pinocchio. Oh <laughs> my god, heaven forbid! <laughs> what is happening in the universe? What's next, Little Mermaid? They're getting pissed off because they haven't hired an actual mermaid. Yes, Jesus oh, Christ! Kev, give probably. Flounder a roll. Give Flounder a goldfish. <laughs> right, <laughs> let's get into books. So- Yes, and Goodwill has pointed out in the chat already there is a little bit of an Easter egg in in the layout today. Uh, There is a floating Donna kicking about, so if you see her, give her a little wave. (laughs) No, I'm sitting staring at it. I'll watch it later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there she is! (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, and again, apologies for me, camera. I will eventually sort it out at some point if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening through the... uh, podcasts and streaming thingies 
Who cares? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And just want to say as well a big congratulations to the the nerd royalty that we have with us today. The first king queen. Well, not the first because Donna was the first, unfortunately. The first couple well, king queen. No. <laughs> oh, you're <not> there, <laughs> Oh. I think you just meant for the scenarios to uh-huh. say, like, first, 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 first <laughs> king and queen. I will help him dig out of that. Uh, couldn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I know you couldn't. We'll call you a lot of mate. So, <laughs> so yes, uh, congratulations, to, congratulations. Like, say, to Charlotte becoming the Mrs. McDaddy, uh, like, say, with the ring on her finger. Is she going to show off the ring? Show <laughs> your ring. Uh, (laughs) just bring it down didn't you it's not that kind of podcast mate (laughs) really that's not another hashtag that's not another hashtag charlotte's (laughs) ring charlotte you brought that on yourself yeah. <laughs> just in case, we'll keep a mouth shut, that's why. Someone's going to get a book off their head in a second, you can see, just fly yeah. across the room. The couch, <laughs> but if, yes. if you literally see me screen go black in here, you know what's happened. Oh, we can see you behind Charlotte's, all right. Oh, but... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, ha- let's... The hashtag's already there as well, sorry. <laughs> I haven't already started, Charlotte, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You are getting a lot of congratulations in the chat, by the way. You know, not are invited. So I've, I've bought right. a new hat for no reason. It's all right. Kev's going to be lucky if he's invited. <laughs> in the pub. You enjoy yourself, love. I'm going for a drink. Where do I need a sign? <laughs> A proper just, northern wind, shall we say? We'll just, we'll just do a virtual. But a dodgy, oh, dodgy, dodgy up north wind. I haven't mentioned Savaloy dips yet, so it's not that northern. Oh, oh, I had one the other weekend, it was amazing. Yeah, oh, these are so northern as it's unreal. Oh, right, guys. Awful. So, yes, books to movies. So, like, say, Let's start off with the ones that you that you love that that like stand out like as your favourites. So we'll go with uh, so I'll go with the co host this time because I know she normally gets left to last. Uh, so Sam, what is your would you say is your favourite book to movie adaptation that you've read the book and that you've enjoyed the movie as much as the first one that comes to mind is uh, Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. Knew it was going to happen. Because it's probably the only fictional book I've ever read. <laughs> probably. <laughs> no, it, it really, it's the first one that comes to mind. I I love Silence of the Lambs as a film, but because of how I read, I didn't think I could read Silence of the Lambs. How I read, I'm dyslexic. Like, I just have to have main reason. But I didn't think I could read Silence of the Lambs. I thought it would be too too hard to do why I thought Red Dragon would be easier I don't know I think I was just really intrigued by Red mm-hmm. Dragon and I just wanted to kind of know um and then I remember being in Florida and seeing mm-hmm. the poster with the red with the dragon on the front for me but oh my god I lost my mind like that that was gonna because I knew um Manhunter yeah mm-hmm. I knew Manhunter was a thing and I knew it came bit from red dragon but to see red dragon to be put on it's 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 perfect it's Mm -hmm. there's very few differences in it it's um it's such a great adaptation and the the casting like 
I can only see, um, is it Edward Norton? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always call him Edward Furlong for some reason, or Graham Norton. So I want to <laughs> we'll be very careful. Two very, be very careful. Ones. Very different. It would be a very <laughs> different film. <laughs> some Irish dude just running around with a gun. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought he, he is my, my Will Graham. So when I see Will Graham in Hannibal, and mm-hmm. um, the TV series, I am disgusted by what I see. That is not Will Graham. He's not. He's not that. He's not the person um, Thomas Harris wrote about in the book. Um, but he does in the film. He gets him spot on. So I would have Red Dragon will always be my top pick if I had to have a top pick. So did you read the book before you saw the film, or so, or did you see? Because like, so, I probably watched Manhunter before I, I attempted to read. I, I'll, I'll be honest; that's one of them books I've never been able to finish. Um, <sighs> I, I prefer Silence yeah. of the Lambs, but. Uh, Man, uh, Red Dragon was a difficult one for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I read it before I saw the film. Um, mm-hmm. I only watched Manhunter because of a certain mutual friend of ours whose name I don't want to say. Don't want to give him any credit. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he made us watch that, and because I'm such a like big fan of Science of the Lambs, I, I, I didn't give. I didn't really. Mm. I, I was I, I was boohooing it before yeah. I even watched it. Like it, that's mm. not my. He was Brian, um, Brian Cox was not Hannibal Lecter to me. Now I'm a bit older and I've watched again. Mm-hmm. He, he, I really really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I watched it. I read the book before I read the book. It took me a long time to read it. Oh, that's a good. Just point, because but... of how difficult it is. Yeah, but i like to say that's a great point that you've just made though. So there wasn't much changes or much difference from the actual book to the, the one that we got with Ed Norton, the actual red dragon. Cause I know a lot of the Silence of the Lambs fans and uh, well, Hannibal fans like are, get up in arms at times because like I say the, the big changes that came from the book and how it was portrayed on the screen. So yeah. that one for you, for you like your, your personal mm-hmm. one, that, that one hit hit everything that you wanted to. Oh, it hit everything that I wanted to. And I totally get why, where people are coming from. Hannibal is, it's nothing like the book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read it or seen the film. the first act of the book. Yeah. Pages from the middle and then nothing from the end. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I can understand the upset there. And I know Hannibal Rising is a difficult one because the studios were ready to make that film and Thomas Harris hadn't even finished the book and he really rushed it and he knew it wasn't great, mm-hmm. but he needed to get his his story out and not a studio telling it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think Hannibal, I think Hannibal Rising, um, people assume because the book came out so close to the film, I think people assumed that like the film, the studio sort of influenced the book. Mm-mm. A lot, which it, it yeah. didn't. It was just that the timing was just they pushed it. Yeah, yeah it really did because he was he was not about having a studio tell his story. Even though what we got was you could tell it's a rush job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, Silence of the Lambs was just just because of how old I was at the time. Like I would say that would have been that one would have been perfect. But Red Dragon was the one I actually finished. Mm. Like I actually because always- I. Uh-huh. I'll always go back to. I have, I'm like I'm on. I, can't, I think I'm maybe my third copy now of Red Dragon. Wow, because of how, how often I've read it. 
great. No, I, I knew that like oh, a Thomas Harris book was going to f- fall into play at some point during this conversation. <laughs> um, see, I think we've went into conversations many a times previously on the podcast, like say with like how you feel towards it, but it is quite a like a telling one as well. Uh, but that that's always the interesting conversation because um, I think we had a little brief discussion before we came on. A lot of people always have the conversation saying, "Oh, have you seen this film?" well read the book have you read the book or oh, you should see the film they always seem to like in par even like when you have conversations about jaws people always say oh the, the book's better or like or like oh have the opposite people never seem to have like be able to agree on that it's yeah. it's hang always on, a situation jaws is a book first <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> was it really eventually <laughs> do not read it was it really yes yeah. do not read it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should I just go now? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. To be fair, to be fair, when it comes to Jaws, I think that the the book would go largely forgotten if it wasn't for the film. So that's mm-hmm. not right. Unless you're a diehard, diehard Jaws fan, mm-hmm. you probably don't realise it's a book. Yeah, yeah. it's right. um, it's not good, and it was predominantly about the New Jersey massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, where there was a bull shark going up the rivers taken, um, which is the true story of like, mm-hmm. where Jaws came from. Uh, but they, they fucked it up so badly. Like Peter Benchley knew nothing about sharks and he mm. massively messed it up. It wow. wasn't until the film came out and he thought, oh, well, this is how it should be done. He started mm-hmm. actually like studying sharks. Mm. But didn't there, wasn't there a little bit of controversy about the book as well? Because with people reading it, people went out hunting sharks because they thought, like, from his information, they thought they were like, just maybe kill anyone. No, so you could just tickle the shark and No, no, the people, like, fishermen yeah, went out and said, like, oh, we've got to stop all these sharks because they're going to kill more people. So it was, yeah. it was kind of. Yeah, it was... People just assumed all sharks wanted to eat people. All these, sharks, all these sharks coming over here pinching our limbs <laughs> oh my it, god that, that was the mentality of it I mean if it, Jaws is fantastic if you read it backwards it's essentially a shark giving legs to amputees <laughs> excellent at least I'm not the only one Donna and the, Donna Hi, Donna. Um, she said she didn't know that either so I, I don't yeah. feel dumb anymore yeah it's, it's really bad oh. it, um, it took like two of the best well one of the best characters in Matt Hooper Mm-hmm. And gave him an affair with Bro- uh, Brody's wife. Yeah. And there was like what? the most uncomfortably and badly written sex scene ever. It made Fifty Shades of Grey look like, oh, Jesus Christ, um, 1984. <laughs> 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 it made it look like a masterpiece. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. I did not, I generally didn't know that Jaws was a book first. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's fine. Like I said, that's nothing to be ashamed of at, at all because I, I i would say there's probably a majority of people that don't know that because mm. like yeah. the, when we grew up like shows was such an iconic and masterful like film mm. it is still one of my favorite films but as kev said i didn't enjoy the book because i i, I love the, the film that much i went and found more information like say i've got mm. a jaws poster in my bedroom and everything um and when you read the book it's not to the standard like as what the story that you get mm-hmm. and that's but like I say there is people diehards that love the book as well and say oh the, the film is subpar to the book but that's the way you get like say the cross op- opinion I love having that conversation when people tell you like why they feel like that like no one's to say that you're right or wrong it's just mm-hmm. like say you've got that other opinion and like say that's the conversation I always like having but um yeah so like I said kind of went on to another uh, another topic without even trying <laughs> 
Derail it. I just no, no, it's I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a shock. I've, so, got, um, I've learned avoid, something tonight. I'd say avoid it at all costs, but if you are curious and want to see how you can be, like sell like have a number one best selling book with no clue of your subject, read it. Oh yeah. just Friendship Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, oh. Thank you. Ah! <laughs> we could have that conversation if you want. Because <laughs> to be fair. From if we're talking about not great books, about books to movies, it is probably one of the most successful ones that's um, like made money wise. Yeah, it's just really good publicity and really Uh, great timing. Seriously, though, I mean, all these glasses after reading that were like, "Oh, I want a Mister Grey, I want a Christian Grey." No, you want a billionaire because if that was a fella called Keith from the Biker Wall, that would be an episode of Criminal Minds. (laughs) You don't want Mister Grey. You want a fucking billionaire. That's that is so true. Have you ever read? Like I read the first page. Oh, it's so bad. Like it's her bad. grammar. Like I am no grammar oh, Nazi, but her grammar is it's, appalling. It's terrible. Yeah. To be fair, though, it's got, got it's, it's got it's got its fans. Though, like you say, that that's the thing. That's yeah. that's a lot of th- the, lot of the housewives, housewives <laughs> who got left when the football was on. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> true. It was just really, really good timing. Yeah, but yeah. husband away pissed watching the match. You love get your toy out and read this. That was the that was the. <laughs> you know what I did when the football was on when the Euros and I washed out Nabby. Do you fair. know what I mean? I went. Good I got all sophisticated. Do you know what I've yeah. done? I worked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asked about the football. <laughs> but no, like I say, when you, put, I think it'll be a miss if when we're talking about books to movies that we didn't touch on the like the Fifty Shades, like because as you said, I remember like friends I worked with like going not just with them like the friends they were going with the mums and nanas and stuff to see it oh. it, was, it was one of the bizarrest ex, like oh. conversations you can have I mean, to, to be fair it might not have been well written mm-hmm. but it got people reading mm-hmm. exactly yeah that's that's the thing so, the book nerds always going to point out the positive yeah <laughs> yeah the the, it wasn't <laughs> it, you're right it, you are right it, it wasn't well written and it it it, it wasn't Mm-hmm. A great love story. It wasn't a masterpiece, but it got people reading and it yeah. got people interested in books. And there's probably like younger. Well, no, there's probably younger people out there who never thought about picking up a book before who picked it up and thought, "Oh, actually, I enjoy reading." Yes, and then they read a book with more than three one. syllables. Yeah, in it. <laughs> but it was the same. It was it was the same when Twilight came out. Like I, I I'm oh. not a fan. Of, sorry, I'm not a fan of the Twilight <laughs> books. I'm not a fan, fan of the Twilight books or films at all. I like them. Um, <laughs> I know the books. Are, the books are not greatly written either. It got a whole new generation of, yeah. of kids into reading. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's yeah. true. That's the that's I genuinely true. think. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll let you. No, it's the same because I think with a lot of the subjects and stuff like that, I know a lot of people, especially in the nerd community, like I'm not I'm not saying we do it or like say, but some, probably subconsciously we do. We always look down at certain like things or topic or subjects because of like, like as you said, Fifty Grays of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is always looked at them because, like I say, it was the time and like the smut. But people are fans of it. People enjoy it. Like I said, you don't have to be like great and as charlotte said it gets you into reading and like say that was the twilight as well like i remember um like i used to travel down to manchester to see one of my ex-girlfriends like each weekend uh for nearly 10 years and like say pick up an extra book and and read uh for two hours or three hours for the coach 
And like I said, that the twilight got me through that journey every every weekend, every so often. So uh, like I said, when you think about certain books that you read as well, that's why I always like them because they bring back certain memories. It doesn't always have yeah. to be good memories. But uh, yeah, right. and when you look at the movies, even though the movies aren't brilliant, but you can still watch and switch your brain off and just enjoy and kind of smile at them as well. Because uh, who doesn't want a shiny sparkly vampire? I'll stick with me, uh, me grungy looking ones from the Lost Boys. <laughs> but I do, I get. I do get what you mean, though. I do. Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. There's not all like. The, for all that she is now, because she's passed away, it might be looked upon differently. But when I was younger, Anne Rice mm. used to get a really lot of shit for yeah. the Vampire Chronicles because they sometimes didn't make sense. They were too mm-hmm. long. Um, mm-hmm. the, the weren't, some books weren't actually interesting. But for me, I really, really enjoyed them. They were easy to read. Mm-hmm. Um, the film... Interview with the Vampire, there you go. Interview with mm-hmm. the Vampire, the, the book to the movie is nigh on the same. There's only mm-hmm. one small difference and it's so insignificant. It doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. Um, it was the moment with, I think I've talked about this before, where Claudia um, where Claudia is called upon in front of the court mm-hmm. and she's and she's going to be sentenced because she killed one of her own. And, and then Lestat makes this grand entrance like, yeah, she killed me. That, that, that was it. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. But taking that out and having the stat come back at the end makes mm-hmm. it all the more better, like as a return. Because yeah. at that point, you really think he's a goner. Yeah. So, but in the book, she brought him back at that moment. Um, mm. And that's the only big significant change. But again, I think Anne Rice is like, she's she got mm-hmm. some shit. Yeah. She really did. Mm-hmm. But she's made a lot of money though, and, she's, and like I say, uh, states probably is getting a lot of money with the new TV show that's coming out. Um, where, is it this year or next year that's coming out? The... I think it's this year, isn't it? It's late this year, early next year, something like that. So I remember this. Oh, I'm getting all confused with times now. <laughs> There's a lot coming out in the next couple yeah. of months. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, when's Lord of the Rings coming out? Never. Oh, like September yeah. or something. Never. It's, been, <laughs> okay. it's never getting released. <laughs> no, hey. But yes, um, so Charlotte, what would you say would be your standout? Let's put you on the spot there, you little lady. Oh, so you? many. Um, no, I was going to say, you're the think... boot club queen now, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my, my obvious one, my obvious one is always going to be Alice in Wonderland. That's mm-hmm. the obvious one. Okay. Um, so which version of the I... film, though? That's the thing. Probably... <laughs> I'd say probably the Disney one. There's so many, so many versions of Alice in Wonderland that mm-hmm. you, you could. There's a really, really creepy Swedish one. I think I might be wrong. Um, with puppets that is nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it really is that the rabbit from that. Mm. Christ. Um, but there is there's there's so many versions of Alice in Wonderland. But I think the one I always come back to is probably the the Disney one. Um, yeah. Because it's Disney and because it's Alice in Wonderland. I think with so, Alice in... yeah, that, that's that's probably my my number one. But there's so many that I can think maybe not be they might not be as close to the book or anywhere even near the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still really enjoy them because of what they're inspired by. 
Stardust, Stardust's probably another one that I mentioned in the fantasy ones. That's that's right up there. That's pretty mm-hmm. pretty close to the book, uh, with the exception of a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, if I mention any more, then I'm going <laughs> to spoil talking for the one I mentioned later on. So, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, she's got I, restraint. Yeah. <laughs> I love Alison. Like I say, Alison Wonderland reference. Like I say, it does always have a soft spot in my heart. I think most people as well. Um, like I say, our age range, like I say, that's what we grew up on. Like I've always wanted to go to New York as well, just to go to the Central Park to see the whole scene with Alison, like Alison and stuff. And like, because that's, New York doesn't really appeal to us, but them little elements do, do if that mm-hmm. makes sense. No, um, same here. Same here. I had the opportunity to go to New York for Michaela's 21st, and I was like, I don't want to go to New York. Why would I want to go to New York? And now I'm like, I really want to go. Like, I want to go and see all the Ghostbusters sites, and I want to go to like Central Park, and like, yeah. But Alice Wonderland's huge for me. I have two massive tattoos on my leg of just for my pure love for Alice in Wonderland. But quite honestly, I've never read the book. I, I think, own multiple copies of it. Mm-hmm. I have never read it. I think people underestimate how influential Alice in Wonderland is in general. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you hadn't read the book, you can probably, probably quote it mm-hmm. and not even yeah. realise where you p- picked up the quotes from. Yeah, yeah. I used I used to have like a dumbed down version for kids where it had like all the poems taken out of it and not the story. And I used to have that, and that I love that book. Like, um, oh, what is it? The Carpenter and the Walrus, which is a mm-hmm. freaking terrifying story. <laughs> um, but at the time, you don't really realize it. So, but it had like all like little side stories in. And um, but yeah, I have multiple copies of Alice in Wonderland and just never read it. But that will be a theme. Throughout this podcast and probably throughout my life, I own a shitload of books. I have bookcases in here. I have big, massive one in the back bedroom and I've got a stack in the living room. And I am the worst reader in the world. I'm a book collector, but the worst reader in the world. Collecting books and reading books are two totally different hobbies. <laughs> well, yeah. And I stand by that. Yes. <laughs> one is a very yes. expensive hobby as well. <laughs> It is when you go shop with Charlotte because every time I've gone shop with Charlotte recently, I've come out with a new book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad about it though. (laughs) Both are very expensive, just one's a bit more time consuming than the other. Yeah. Like at the moment, I'm halfway through American Gods. When did we start? When when did we review that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's how it, I'm just, I'm, I read with a, I read with a filter on. So I have to constantly keep moving the filter over um which is annoying and because of my dyslexia I get very tired very easy make me brain can't if I start reading it's like my brain's like working 10 times harder than what anyone else is in so it does take us a long time to read but if when I finish American Gods it will be the first fiction book I have read of that size I was gonna say it's a good it's a good 600 pages so I know I'm gonna be so pleased when it's over Sure. you'll get there though. you'll get there i'll get there what about you smooth mac daddy there um i was probably thinking science alarms with thomas harris um but we've had that um it is literally word for word the book in mm. film it, word for word um it's the only film i've ever watched in my life that is literally word for word the book nothing changes in it at all 
Um, but for me, I'd say my favourite book to movie adaptation is simply because of how different it is. It's Jurassic Park. Mm. I, th- I thought it's completely yeah. different. John Hammond is an yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it. <laughs> John Hammond is an absolute horrible, horrible man. Um, mm. What? He's an absolute prick in the book. He's he's an abusive, just he's a prick. Imagine just these your typical billionaire, arrogant as fuck, just an absolute horrible person. Hates kids, hates his family, hates everyone around him, loves money. Um, so when he died at the end of that book, spoiler alert, I was just like <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um the fact that him. there was no relationship between Grant and Sattler because there was like a 20 odd year age difference there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Take that out of the film, please, because it wasn't needed at all. It had no totally bearing agree. in the film. Um, Ian Malcolm was such a better character in the books. Um, it was just hard to believe because it's Jekyll. Mm-hmm. It, it's the gold bloom, <laughs> but he was a better yeah. character in the books. Um, he was so popular that they actually bought him back for the sequel after killing him off in the book. Right. Um, Robert Muldoon, the park ranger. Um, Oh, clever so girl, yeah. And <laughs> he was such a bigger part in the book. He um, tr- mm-hmm. he tried to take on the T Rex. Uh, we we had the T Rex swimming after them in the lazy river scene, which was missing from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Gennaro, the lawyer, was a completely different person as well. He wasn't such a sleaze bag. Um, I mean, he was he was a lawyer, so he was still a sleaze bag, you know, <laughs> heartless and soulless. But still, he was. It was just it was a better book than it was a film and that's for someone who well sorry it was a better film than it was the book um mm-hmm. but there were certain aspects within the book that were absolutely fantastic um mm-hmm. like it's really hard because i love richard attenborough like he is perfect as john hammond he is an amazing well, he was an amazing amazing man mm-hmm. he just the way he spoke in the film, I was just like, oh, I feel instantly relaxed. Now, oh, shit, there's a T-Rex. Um, oh. <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, I feel instantly relaxed. Now, this is fantastic. Nothing's ever going to happen. I feel safe, shit, Raptor. Um, I'm, I'm getting the urge now. To, yeah, I'm getting the urge to take Kev to Florida, just to go to Jurassic Park World and getting chased by T-Rexes and Raptors. <laughs> I, I will never go to Florida again. Oh, um, that's a shame. I don't like it at all. Um, trained a lot out there with um, the American top team. I will never go to Florida again. It is horrible. Oh, well, maybe you'll come, Paul. We'll just have to go to Rex's retreat there, so we'll just go there. I'll just stand in front of the gate and just say, welcome to Jurassic Park. That'll work. <laughs> there, I was going to say something about Jurassic Park. Wasn't this, again. No. I'm trying to think, because it's been a while since I've read the book. Um, the scientist guy was a bigger part in the book as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he well, was a massive yeah. part. Yeah. Um, so I was really disappointed when they didn't use BD Wong properly until mm. the new ones, like Jurassic World. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of gave him the part that he had within the book. Um, mm. The part that I really loved from the book, which wasn't in the first film, mm-hmm. and it was touched upon in the second film were the combis mm-hmm. because they were pack hunters which you saw in the second film but what you didn't see is that they were also poisonous right like they had a, they had like a not poisonous venomous they had like a venomous bite um, and basically it would just give you like necrotizing and fasciitis and just eat you from the inside out but you'd die while it was happening um, <laughs> it was it was just unbelievable like you had these tiny little dinosaurs and they're just like the size of chickens Mm. And they would literally just absolutely fuck you up. <laughs> and before we move on, there, I just wanted like a like 
go back to Charlotte's evil laugh there. I've never heard a wicked witch laugh like that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was a proper, like, proper, like, coming out of the uh, hocus pocus there. Sorry, I was I just yeah, the cat was absolutely shit scary. What he's just said there. I have, I have had an ex, an ex, uh, what's it called? I have had a part of the book read to us, and it was um, Dennis. What's his face? Edry. His Edry. death, yeah, which is much more brutal than it was yeah. in the film. Holy yeah. crap, that was awful. Well, I'm kind of glad they dumbed it down a bit. What, what they don't tell you about the Dilophosaurus, um, I mean, this, this, the thrill and the spitting. Yeah, that's not, that doesn't, they, they don't they, do they, that. They never yeah. had those. But they, they were like 13 feet long. <laughs> These things were massive. They were, they were nearly, this, they weren't like nearly the size of T-Rexes, but they were like alpha, <laughs> they were alpha predators. Like they were apex predators, there wasn't too much that could go for them. Like obviously, you could get the like the T Rex or the Giga or whatever. Like the Giganotosaurus would sort of take them out easily. Yeah. But for the time period that they lived in, they all like, there isn't one single dinosaur. There's not one single dinosaur from Jurassic Park that was in the Jurassic period. It should have been hence Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. All the dinosaurs were from the Cretaceous period and they all lived at separate times. Yeah. So you would have very, very, very rarely had any crossover so, with those species, possibly mm-hmm. the Triceratops just so and the T-Rex. people who were listening, the laugh was because Paul brought up, what, what dinosaur is it again? The Dilophosaurus. The spitty yeah. one. The scene isn't like it's brutal, but yeah, I did know that the whole toxic and the venom is is fabricated, yep. and I'm kind of glad they did it that way because I don't want to see how mm. it was written played out. I'm mm. kind of happy you just got yeah. a few few bits the, in the face. It the the books are probably more accurate scientifically than than yeah. the films were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're trying to it goes in. It goes into the. It goes into the science and and a bit. A bit more in depth, like yeah. the opening of the the opening couple of pages to Jurassic Park is very heavily sort of biology of dinosaurs and yeah. mm-hmm. stupidly long words that make no it's sense. Just, just that <laughs> yeah, they say that um, that this is actually quite scientifically accurate film and book. No, <laughs> no, Charlotte's not the head. You say no. Books are. The, the books, there's more research gone into the ah. science behind it in the books. Whereas... <laughs> you look up with your dinosaur. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm being a dick. I'm, I'm, I'm apologising. More... <laughs> oh, don't start with a dinosaur. I'll show you my elephant. Oh, oh it's not that kind of podcast, guys. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's, there's more, I think that there's more research gone into the science behind it in the books because mm-hmm. you can explain it more. Right. Whereas the for the film, the kind of so what you're trying to say is this: it. The, mm-hmm. if I got some amber with an insect in, I can't turn that into a dinosaur. One hundred percent, no. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult because, like, say, it's, <laughs> it, 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 you've got like a million and one chance that you would be able to find yeah. the, the DNA, or the DNA would have yeah. survived, even in amber. Mm. That that that's I think yeah. the, the jump. The, and then doing the cross with frog DNA and stuff like that. It was just yeah. Very, oh, cause, that's right. Because to be honest, essentially, what you'd, you'd have to hybrid it. You'd have like DNA mm. from separate creatures. Which, let's yeah. face it, it it doesn't work. Sounds no. like a lot of hard work for. Something I'm not really that interested in, so I think I'll give it a miss. Uh, very good. Like I say, I, I'm glad we've 
because I think these are the ones that I think a lot of people would jump at first as well because mm. like you don't get many bigger films than the ones we've talked about so far. I know we're going to be probably going to realms uh, a little bit bigger. Um, I'm going to change the tone a little bit uh, <laughs> uh, differently now. Are you lowering it or higher in it? Um, <laughs> being a little bit sad, to be honest. Um, R- oh Razzle okay. Reader's Wife's is not a good one, Paul. No. no. <laughs> um, oh, no, he's, I, sad. I he's making it sad. Go I'm on. Gonna, Bring the the book because I said there's two. Molly and me. No, no, I, I can't watch that. That's a book. Yeah, it was a book. Yeah, yes. that's yeah, a, it's book. a book. Yeah, it's, oh. don't, read the, don't read the book. No. Uh, um, there was two. There's two of my favorite books. I'm going to leave one till later because it'll probably come up in the section when we're talking about authors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably quite. But um, this one I read the book first because I read the announced that uh, it was getting made and. The director who was making it had just come off making probably the biggest book de films uh, ever in the world. Uh, it was The Lovely Bones by Alice uh, Seabold. Um, oh. And when I read the book, and again, if you've never read it or if you've never seen the film, it's heartbreaking. It's harrowing. It's like you go on this journey and it's told from a from the point of view of a 13 year old 13 or 14 13 I think yeah. uh, your girl who's just blossoming into life and she's lovely energetic but uh, she falls for a trap in a for a predator uh, a pedophile who lives in a street who caught her and killed her and then she tells a story of a bit of a ghost and how she's trying to protect her younger sister from having She's she's sort of watching from, uh, so it would be interpreted as heaven. Mm-hmm. She's watching her mm-hmm. family and she's trying to guide them, mm-hmm. I guess, because her sister comes quite obsessed with her, her catching the guy who did it and yeah. and how she died. And, and she, she sort of tries to guide and mm-hmm. protect her sister. Mm-hmm. From falling into the same trap. Yes, and the book... um, I sorry, sorry. I, I just, I just want to point out there has been a little bit of controversy surrounding the author recently because of our first book, um, which I guess the Lovely Bones is written sort of from an experience she had in college, um, which she wrote as a memoir. Um, there was a bit of a little bit of controversy, controversy surrounding that. So if anybody's in the chat or if anybody's watching, please don't come up with that. <laughs> please don't. We're just, we love the book. We love the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you speak no. for yourselves on that one, but, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I say, with this book as well, like I say, I don't give a toss about the author and stuff like that. Like I say, I'm yeah. just about, like say, the actual story. Yeah. Like, uh, when I saw the movie, because like as we, when it got announced that Peter Jackson was directing it, like he just came off doing the Lord of the Rings and I think King Kong, and I, I thought, uh, so it was kind of like, okay, we'll see what this is like, and visually it is stunning. Like when, like I know it's horrible, like the story, but when she goes to heaven and seeing the heart, the everything that's done, and I know he gets a lot of crap, but he actually is really well played in this Mark Wahlberg. 
um, and Raquel mm. Weiss uh, playing. Yeah. And when you read the book, you visually see these characters come to life and like mm-hmm. say it's done thing. I know it's toned down mm. from the book because you couldn't portray like what happens, mm. like say on screen because it's 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 not nice to read about. But just like say, then you see her watching a friends grow get stronger the boy she was had a crush on um like say it was a bit of a weird story and like how they actually try and find a body and stuff like that and it's all about like say the uh brace that that she had as well and that's how her sister kind of like wouldn't ever give up but um i highly recommend reading the book and i I love the film as well and stanley tucci is Um, sinister as fuck when when you guys did the monsters episode Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, like, what would my top five monsters be? One of mine, I said, a Kev, one of mine would be Stanley Tucci in The Love Blue Bones because mm-hmm. he is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrifying. Because he's like I a was... danger next door type thing. Oh. He is chilling. Mm-hmm. I was given a copy of this by a friend and I read the back of it and just went, I can't read that. Mm. I'm really sorry. It, it's too upsetting. Mm. The the idea of someone any in any story where they are taken away and watching their life a, a life that they should have had played out in front of them. It's too upsetting for us. It's the reason I can't watch Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, any like I, there's another one. There's like a child's the one with the dog. What's it called? Fluke. Fluke mm-hmm. is fantastic. James Herbert. Whoever came up with that concept though. Is it's just no, no, it's too upsetting. So no, James Herbert, of course it's upsetting. The idea of someone watching their life play out in front of it, it just, it breaks my heart. So when I read the Babbitt, I went, no, I can't. And then the the film came out and I was like, I definitely can't watch a visual of that. <laughs> I want to be able to function the next day. Um, but no, when I had a conversation with my best friend before we came on here and that was her number one pick mm. was Lovely Bones. So yes, uh, again, I know, sorry to lower the tone with it, but I think that tone was always going to get lowered with the subject matter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was always going to come into play. But yes, um, that, that like I say, I could not, like I say, talk about books to movies and not bring that into a conversation at all. Yes, there's there's a lot of obvious um, books to films. There's mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, there's Harry Potter, the Hunger Games and everything like that. But what's the non-so-obvious ones? Like... Today I learned that um, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. that was a book mm-hmm. turned into a film. Yep. Memoirs any... of Henry Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amy told us the title of it and I can't remember. Wise Guys? Yep, mm-hmm. it's a mem- essentially the yeah. Memoirs of Henry Hill. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, is any uh, not so obvious, like, big, like bigger names out there of um, films that you enjoy? Kiss the Girls with Morgan Freeman. Um, it was an Alex Cross novel by James Patterson. Mm-hmm. It's a good film. Carrie Elwes is really good in it. Morgan Freeman's fantastic. It's where the joke comes from. Who's chasing Ashley, Ashley Judd through the forest today? Oh, um, it's, right. a, it's an absolutely fantastic kidnap film. Um, but it kind of inspired my love for the Alex Cross novels. Hmm. And then when I read the book, I thought, the film was good. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. Um, Forrest Gump. I didn't even know that was a book until I yep. watched that movies, the movies that made us. I had no idea that was a book. Winston mm-hmm. Broom, absolutely fantastic. Uh, the sequel, Gump and Co, should have been made into a film. It really yeah. should have, because mm-hmm. the sequel was better than the original book. Yeah. 
I think I only learned that when we were in HMV looking at books. I, I had no, I am so uneducated. <laughs> no, it's not about being, like I say, it's not about being uneducated. Like, it's just having different, like, as you said, different uh, forms of media and taking it in different ways. Mm. Um, like, yeah, there's a lot of probably films out there that, well, I would say 90% of movies that's made today started somewhere as a book or like yeah. say a yeah. graphic novel or someone like say or a short story so the town the town yeah um, was that one with uh vigil mods the road which oh yeah that was really good that was just someone's like journal of uh traveling through biker it's not, it's not a nice book it's not a nice book there's Aye, another one. Nice Beagle, <laughs> there's another one of Vigo Mortensen's films, uh, the Green Green Book. Uh, uh, no, the Green. Oh, it's Vigo Mortensen and it's um, Mustafa Ali. Um, yeah. Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. Ali. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's the, the Green the Green the Green Book. book? Oh, is that that was a book to film, wasn't it? I think. I'm, uh, yeah, but I, I, can't remember the, I can't yeah. remember the name Thank of the you. film now. Um, it was the Green Book. We are saying it right. Mm-hmm. It's a green yeah. book. Yeah. It was I only I watched that last year. Absolutely brilliant film. Like mm-hmm. amazing. The the the, uh, the change in Vigo Mortensen was ridiculous, like unrecognizable. But that is definitely a book yeah. film. I'm not making no, no, it. Yeah, it's like see, he's done a few, like The History of Violence was a graphic novel. Um that was actually a comic. He's still there. Hello. Hello, he's still there. Mm-hmm. I think Paul's oh. gone. Oh no, he's Paul's moving. He's moving. He's moving. Are we still here? There. Yes, I'll yeah, check I'm still here. Can, yeah. It was you. It was testicles, me. I think testicles, I... one, two, three. Think we had technical problems there. Sorry, guys. But yeah, uh, the history, of, <laughs> history of history of history of violence was a was a comic yeah. graphic novel t- turned into a movie. Which are, like, um, hmm. the apt pupil by Stephen King. Hmm. Yeah, with, with David Schwimmer. Um, Stephen King's most unobvious book to film, which not many people know because it was wrote under the name Richard Bachman, The Running Man. Oh yeah. my God. It was nothing like the film at all. Um, but, but yeah, the it was Arnie Richard film. Bachman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Stephen King. <laughs> but that's, that's Stand good, by me. Yeah, but that's a good segue there. So if we're going to talk about like authors as well, like we'll go into like say the big strong authors so i wanted to talk about Stephen king as well because he's probably had the more i would say again i could be wrong here the most book uh, adaptations i've made yeah. into movies or tv shows from yeah. anything in all the world and um, it's because <laughs> Stephen king has a massive heart and he loves creativity and he will give you the rights to his his work for a dollar hmm. Because he wants to see what you can do. Mm-hmm. He's interested in your vision of his writing. Mm-hmm. And he will give you the rights to his movies for a dollar. Because so, he's so such a beautiful man. The one so I want to see done is uh, the regulators in the Bachman books. So if you haven't read that yet, mm-hmm. I would suggest going to read that because that would make a really, really good film. Mm-hmm. But the one I wanted to talk about a little bit as well was going to be one of my first, like, it is my ultimate favorite adaptation from book to film, but it wasn't quite like a book. It was part of the no- novella, The Different Seasons. Um, the one, 
Stand By Me, The Body, uh, and had <laughs> yeah. a Dap Pupil and Shawshank all in that yep. uh, same book. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. I was just going to ask a question. Um, like, as in, like, a just a, like, an anthology? stories. Oh, right. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Different seasons. Oh, it's absolutely okay. unreal. Because um, if you think Shawshank's like a two-and-a-half-hour like two hour film, mm-hmm. it was literally like a 90-page novella. Yeah. Oh. And it is yeah. unbelievable. Come on, I'm mm-hmm. listening. Yeah, um, as I said, like, when I picked, because I was didn't read the books first, but I read I, like well, I grew up on Stand by Me. Um, mm. Like I say, I probably watched that way, way too young. And when you're reading back, like the the body, that's what it's called in the in the yeah. in the book. Mm-hmm. It's almost word for word the same movie. Yep. And the characters are exactly the same. And but the why why I enjoyed it as much, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if I read the book first. But I got to see the characters. Like when I watched the film in Stand by Me, so yeah, Teddy Duchamp, yep, and oh and and everyone kind of related and and basically stood out uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like say, I know like Stephen King, what when we mentioned before, he's made a lot, and a lot of his adaptations doesn't always go well. But it's normally like his longer books, or he's basically yeah. where he gives too much detail, and people try and fit all that detail into a movie or a uh. TV show, but his short stories has been the more stronger work that's mm-hmm. transitioned through. Like, look at Shawshank. It's it's always yeah. voted in the top, top 10 or mm-hmm. top five of people's movies. Or when they do, like, the lists of, like, greatest movies ever made, it's always up there. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, other than Morgan Freeman's character, which has changed <laughs> quite a lot from what there was in the book, yeah. uh, which... Again, doesn't have a bad thing. It still works. It still doesn't make any less of a film or le- less of the story. So that proves characters can change race, can change hair colour, can change, and it makes jack shit to, uh, like a, the story that's getting told. But mm-hmm. like even like things like Adapt Pupil, which as a film doesn't get yeah, as much credit, there. but it is absolutely t- terrifying. And it's Ian. It's, is it? It's Ian McKellen, isn't it? Or am I totally wrong yeah. now? It's Ian, Ian McKellen is the Nazi. Yep, and he's absolutely frightening as fuck in this movie. Yep. He's really sinister. Gandalf's a baddie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think the part of um, Different Seasons is one of my favourite books by Stephen mm-hmm. King because it's like it's got so many good stories in there. What gets me about it though is literally anytime you mention Stand by Me, you'll always get someone jumping on the book's better. It is literally <laughs> word for word, apart from the last five pages, which graphically describes. Gordy getting kicked in the balls and someone looking at him going, they're the size of mason jaws. That's it. It's the only difference. You don't need that in the film. I, I, I generally... Oh, sorry, Shadow. I think we've touched on it before. We've said that Stephen King's non-horror stuff adapts mm-hmm. better for yeah. like, the big and small screen than mm-hmm. his horror stuff because he tends to put more detail in the horror that is hard to adapt. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to get you get the diehard fans who are like, oh, well, they've totally changed it. And it's like, well, you cannot put that much detail mm-hmm. into a film. Things have to go. Things have to be changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't, obviously, we all know he didn't like The Shining. He didn't like Kerbrick's version of The Shining. Didn't like but it either. It, I've, I've not read, I actually have the book. I've just, obviously, because I'm mm-hmm. shy at reading, haven't read it. Um, I don't, I understand interpretation Mm-hmm. and how he interpreted and if Stephen King is more than willing to say go on be creative be creative mm-hmm. with my work then why couldn't he accept that Kerbrick was being his creativeness I, with that I think The Shining is different because the book for The Shining that was his proudest work 
when you when you talk to Stephen King, he's yeah. oh, so right. proud of that book. And when you mm-hmm. do interviews, you can tell. And I know he doesn't do many sequels of books, I think, and he done Doctor Sleep. And he did with this Doctor one. Sleep. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. and, and Doctor Sleep was is, really strange. I still loved it. I love the dis- director's cut, the extra long version. Uh, I, just, I, I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought um, Doctor Sleep was really good. However, I thought Ewan McGregor was terrible for the part. Rebecca Ferguson acted circles she, around him every she, chance. Absolutely, hundred percent agree with terrifying. you on that. But I don't mind him in the film, but she was the little phenomenal. girl acted circles um, around him, or everyone the, acted circles around him. The only thing that, that I I really enjoyed it. I thought as a as a continuation on from a shining that we know that is not what we know because it was you know it's not it's it doesn't directly follow on from the Kerbrick shining does it it's meant to be yeah, from the book essentially. Mm-hmm. yeah but it that that doesn't that doesn't matter as a as a standalone film it, I thought it was absolutely great the only thing and really didn't like was that you were getting into this world of people who had the shining and you were sucking it out like of yeah. the life out of people to get it and you didn't get to know yeah. more about yeah. them yeah and he hated that he was like here they are there they're taken away from you That's and he was where... like if they could have just stayed in that world a little bit longer mm-hmm. yeah but, but that's the thing it could have like as i said you could have got more story out of that and could have went a lot more like they got more with it um even though it was a long film but it's. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. What the feeling for that uh, film was a little bit wide. It probably didn't do as big as as people were expecting with it being the sequel to the The Shining. Yeah, was because the interesting part you didn't get to see. So it would have worked probably better to, in my eyes, especially with a lot more money going into the TV shows and stuff as a TV show. So it probably yeah. and, and Mike Flanagan is a TV. At- a TV director as well as film, and but he did um, House on Horton Hill. He did the House of Live Manor. That mm-hmm. guy can do telly, mm-hmm. and I think it he, I think have, he could have taken that into television perfectly. It would have worked perfectly as a season three of Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely perfectly. Castle Rock season one was eh, Castle Rock season two Oh gosh, you, you've talked about this before haven't you? Yeah, yeah it was it, unreal first season was a bit mm, bit think, second season was absolutely unbelievable because it went into the misery aspect of it, Annie Wilkes before it, I, was, I was going to say I can't believe I talked about Stephen King, we haven't mentioned misery That's what I was segueing <laughs> into <laughs> Don't worry, we're, we're going to leave that out because I know the biggest changes they made uh, from the book to the film was the Hoblin scene. Like I say, that, that part wasn't yeah. in the book. Was, was it oh, was it not? No. No, yeah. but it made the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that you remember about the film. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you can hear, here's a little anecdote, like uh, how she was always polite and always nicey-nice to Paul. Uh, it, was, it wasn't Paul Newman. What was he called, Paul? James Conn. No, James Conn. Oh. James Conn, yeah. That's James Conn's the actor. Um, yeah. she, she was a brilliant Annie Wilkes, so she, she really was. was. Yeah, unbelievable. But I thought, um, oh, what's her face from Castle Rock? Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. I thought she was better. Oh, you did. She was an amazing, amazing young young Annie Wilkes. I thought she was fantastic. She was really, really scary. I love the film. Again, never read the book. (laughs) So the question is, with Stephen King and everybody that's read a Stephen King novel and everyone that's seen the adaptations for TV knows most of them have 
fucking terrible. What's your worst adaptation? Dreamcatchers. Oh. No! Yeah. Dreamcatcher was terrible. Yeah. Like, no, was nah, I'm sorry. The first yeah. half is the first half's good. Yes. The first half is typical Stephen King who can write nostalgia. And- and yes. then we go aliens. Yes, yeah, like, I can't, I can't defend that part, but I will always defend the beginning bit. The, the friendships that he can, he can build is unreal. I, I love the bit. I love how he, Stephen King writes people's minds because I love the bit where, yeah, I can't, the, the guy, yeah, inside his mind and he's putting everything Jonesy. in boxes. Yeah, and he's putting everything in boxes, and yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I can beat you on that one. Like the worst one, Sleepwalkers. Never mm. seen it. It was better. Uh, that was better than Tommy Knockers as well, though. That was up there for terrible. Tommy Knockers was, Tommy Tommy was, was awful as well. Um, the Langoliers was terrible as well. Mm. Um, Why do what? I do this podcast? Like, I don't know. I have not seen any of them. There was another then, one as well. But, but um, then you get two. These weren't films, or these were uh, made for TV. Yeah, these were t- made for TV. Oh, right. Pet Cemetery was fucking I've seen that. Oh, as well. The book was better. The, the, the original Pet Cemetery was good. Yes, the, the remake, I did not see the point in. <laughs> no. Because it was literally, it was pretty much scene for scene, yeah. exactly the same, except it changed which child died. You yeah. don't have Eddie so, Munster saying one of the best lines in the world. No, but you had John Lithgow. Understand. John Lithgow. But listening to Eddie Munster go, sometimes death is better, it's just brilliant. It is, nice. but John Lithgow. Just be careful, guys. We've gotten a bit where we're talking over each other a bit there. So that... sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yes, I, 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 with I, I, the remake, yeah, I still think it works as a good film. Like the elements they brought in with the kids when the like the animal masks was creepy as 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 out. Like, yeah. see, I, I dare anyone not to be creeped out. John Lithgow, mm. like, say, played it yeah. perfectly. He's no Herman Monster, but still, um, no. eh, but like, say, I say. I disagree with the adaptation because I think Pet Cemetery works on levels uh, where it, it like as a book it was good and then the film it was good as well. Probably not on par, but mm-hmm. I don't want to keep like say because we always say we try and keep the positivity. So let's talk about what we like rather than what we don't like. <laughs> oh yeah, we're just throwing that one out there because um, everyone has that. You do, you do, you, it's true when it comes to Stephen King. It's there's two sides of the argument: what you love mm. and what you don't love. If we're going to talk about loves, you can't not have a conversation about Stephen King and not talk about the Green Mile. Green Mile. Yeah, so I was going to say. Kind of the Tom Hanks it's, is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. It's so destroying. It um, is. It is, absolutely. Michael Clark Duncan is just... <gasps> the thing I love about Michael Clark Duncan in this film, as John Coffey, he is essentially playing himself. He's the big yes. gentle giant. His fans would run over to him and he'd expect to sign an autograph and they didn't want one. They wanted a hug. Yeah. <laughs> and he would and, gladly oblige. And he's he had a, a heart of gold. He did, and he was such a he was such a generous um he was not generous, but so grateful because he was mm-hmm. a, he was just found in an yep. Oprah audience. And then given the opportunity of a lifetime, and he, that opportunity was the green mile. That's, like, um, that's what that, you're that, stepping that's, into. That, that's a fallacy. That's a complete mm-hmm. fallacy. Um, so Michael Clark Duncan, I'll go into a little story that I read a couple of weeks ago here. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Clark Duncan very nearly did not survive. He was a bodyguard. Um, and his, class, his clientele included Oprah, Queen right. Latifah, Will Smith, 
Tupac and Biggie. Now, the night Biggie was murdered, Michael Clark Duncan was meant to be his bodyguard. He didn't like the hip-hop scene. His best friend did. They swapped shifts. Can you guess which one lived? (laughs) Michael Clark Duncan. So he then went, he left that, and he went into security. He was found on a door and offered the part of Bear in Armageddon. Mm. He went in. And he started crying and saying, I can't believe I'm auditioning for this. This is going to be fantastic. My mom's going to love me. Started crying. Everyone loved him. Gave him a massive hug. Gave him the job on the spot. When they started filming, found out he couldn't act worth shit. So they had to train him how to act on the job. Mm-hmm. And oh. the crying part in the doctor's office when he's trying to, when they're doing the psych evaluations, they basically said to him, think about how happy your mom's going to be when she sees you on screen. Mm-hmm. And it went absolutely crazy, and that's how Michael Clark Duncan was discovered. I thought it was an I I read an Oprah story, and that's how he got the Green Mile. Nope. The prob- well, I, well, I was fucking wrong, wasn't I? <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> but, 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 but I think with the Green Mile, I know you talk about the good characters, but what the, this film <gasps> portrays brilliantly is the evil the men. Um, like say Sam, Sam, well, Sam Rockwell's character is like mm. one of the ones that stands out as uh, Wild Bill. Just yep. unbelievable acting there, and like I say, Doug Hutchinson was Percy Wetmore. Like you couldn't not want to to punch him in his face. And yeah, like, oh, horrible. Tombs aside, like I just want to, and the fact that he is a horrible human being, I did just want to punch Percy mm-hmm. in the face because I love the way they say Percy <laughs> with their southern accents. Percy. What's the big guard called? Oh, Brutus. Uh, Tom Hanks' best mate, the big Brutus. Oh, I think Brutus, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. I yes. never remember his name, but he's a fantastic actor, and he done that part so damn well. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, there's not one bad actor in this. Um, the nah. guy who plays the Frenchman, oh, the mouse. Yeah, um... he basically looks like Bob, uh, not Bob, um, oh, what's his name from King of the Hill? Oh, gosh, I don't know who you mean. You had Hank Boomhauer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it Bill? I'm, I'm sure it's Bill. Oh, it's been such a long time since Always I've seen it. Always the best in the jeans. <laughs> him yeah. in, he is, he breaks my heart in so yeah. many ways because he is not a good person, mm-hmm. yet you are so taken in by him because the 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 make it on death row that, the, you know, you, you're in there, you're serving your time and you are going to serve yeah. mm-hmm. your time. So therefore there's no reason to be a dick basically which is why you kind of see the best apart from obviously Buffalo Bill um you see the best of them in there and it's he's so endearing and he's so charming but you know he's in there for a really good reason (laughs) it's so it's it's so heartbreaking to like break between the two characters who who are in front of you it's the best example it's the (laughs) best example of how well Stephen King writes characters because mm-hmm. he can write absolutely like the worst of the worst, but he can still add something where you see like a glimmer of good or a glimmer of kindness yeah. mm-hmm. in them. And he, he did that, that perfectly. Makes with them the... relatable. Mm-hmm. Yes, abs- absolutely. Um, the I did not see coming that it was Sam Rockwell's character who killed them girls. Yeah generally did not see that coming and I was I was hysterical I had a pot we watched it I watched it at a friend's house <clears throat> copy um and it was I had we had to pause it 
because I was hysterical. It's, uh, it's beautifully done. Like, sorry, Paul. No, it's fine. Just like say, because we're like talking about the film. I've I'll hand my hands up with this one. I've not read the book. Has it's anyone read the book? So, yeah, it's it's so damn good. <laughs> it's it's soul destroying though. Know? But once you've actually watched the film and you go back to the book. Mm. The way some of the characters are written, it's it's different. So you don't get the feeling from the book that you do from the film. Right. Um, but John Coffey is just such like he's such an endearing character. You know he's in de- on death row up until like that twist. You you think he's murdered these little mm-hmm. girls, but he's a character that you kind of aspire to have some of the traits of because mm-hmm. he's just he's massive, he's imposing, but he's such a nice guy. Like he's yeah. so friendly, so polite. The whole take my hands, boss. Like it's it's so it's so destroying. It is. It's horrible. It's... But I think Michael Clark Duncan does to that role, literally what um yeah, uh, what KFC done for chicken back in the nineties. Excellent, you know, an excellent analogy. Um, the if, go on, Charlotte. I was say if if you haven't read the book, I would really highly recommend it because it it's one of those rare ones where you've seen the film and you know the basic story, but you watch the film mm-hmm. and you read the book and it's two totally different experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like you feel totally different. You Finishing the book, you feel mm-hmm. totally different to when you finish the film. I, I felt that uh, again with another Stephen King film, uh, book, the film, because I, I watched the 1992 part of uh, it, it first. Mm. And like I say, when you watch that in the Tim Curry, mesmerizing terrifying in, in both ways where first half yeah. first half is brilliant second half has its ups and downs shall we say where when i read the book it was a completely different thing like i read like it's one of the biggest books when i was a kid i read from cover thing wow. i used to even i used to even yeah. carry it around on me summer holidays like I, like when we used to go play football <laughs> uh, go play football with the lads <laughs> over, over the down at the the coal mines and stuff. Um, after I finished playing football, I used to get the book and sit and read it while everyone else used to like drink or like smoke away. I used to sit there and like have a bit crack on with the lads. But I used to be reading it because I couldn't put it down. I know, it, like as I said, we've talked about it before. It's got a few scenes that, well, chapters that don't yeah. need to be mentioned or talked about because it's yeah. just it's just odd. But they're a bit Voldemort. Yeah, as a as a, <laughs> yeah, as an adaptation, yeah. when you watch back, I know when you watch the new one now, it is a little bit closer to the to the book and as such. Other than, mm. like I say, with the special effects and like I say, with the added extra Georgie bits, but as an element, I got two totally different experiences, but they were weren't two poles apart. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One one thing I always wanted to see uh, on the film. Um, like the main good part of the book that I wanted to see on the film was more to do with Mike Hanlon. Mike was a really interesting character mm. and there should have been a lot more to do with him. Um, the new film tried it a little bit. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it wasn't for me. It didn't really work. The old film, like the two-parter, I thought who they had playing him was fantastic. Um, it's 
I then discovered a TV show he was in, Sister Sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which was, yeah, he was He's great. the dad. Yeah, so I, I loved him as an actor, so I started watching it a bit. Excellent. Um, what a way to get into Sister Sister. Well, it goes back to what we were saying the other week with um, how you can get into something through someone, like one actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started following his work. He's really good. Um, I always wanted him to come back in some capacity, mm-hmm. um, but I always wanted to see Patrick Hockstetter because mm-hmm. he yes. was just a sinister, sadistic bastard like he was locking people in fridges and like torturing small animals and Ugh. he he was the one that henry bowers was scared of yeah um, and it... that's because he molested him essentially oh my god it, it it alludes to it in the new film um so if you're watching it when they're kids and you see them walking past and you'll see them all stare but you'll see henry uh, you'll see patrick stare and he licks his lips when they're walking past it alludes Great. to what he wants to do mm-hmm. he's uh yeah it's it's very oh you're horrible Nah, it's one book that imitate like what's the word I'm looking for? Intimidates the life out of us. It's, it's sitting on great. me. It's sitting on my shelf. I've read the first few chapters half a dozen billion times, but for some reason, it's so massive. It terrifies the life out of us. Like not just the pages of the words that are on there, the actual size of it. So if you go through and you mark off where it says Derry the Interlude. <laughs> don't read those parts don't read yeah. those parts half the book's gone you do not need those bits at all i really should like next time i jump in just miss the parts that i've read but when i read a book i kind of like want to it's such an achievement for us i want to read from start to finish yeah. Yeah. which is why i'm determined you to know, finish american gods <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot there is a really good little trick for that so if you get like a some, like a st- sticky notes mm-hmm. and just mark where each chapter begins and just think of it as maybe it's, one chapter oh. every couple of days or a chapter a night or however quickly you get through a chapter and think of it like that then the book doesn't seem as long it however seem it's it and you need 72 packs of sticky notes no that's a really good idea <laughs> yeah, not, but... just for, not just for that book for anything just, just in really general yeah uh-huh. yeah oh, wow. colored okay. sticky notes that's what i used to do colored sticky notes when you take really? them off it's a sensory thing as well that's why she's the queen of the book nerds. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh, as as I've said before, if you struggle with reading audiobooks, audiobooks every time they get really dull. Mm. Yeah, I have a really, I have a really short attention span. <laughs> like podcast is what, like as far as I can go. Um, but no, the, the sticky notes. Thank you, Charlotte. That's such a good idea. Oops. <laughs> All right. Okay. It. That was it. it. I'll get around to reading it at some point. <laughs> it was I might be able to do it better now with the, uh, the sticky notes idea. It was a fantastic one. Like it was. Um, it was a great book. It didn't translate too well to the screen on either adaptation. However, there was some fantastic parts. Um, yeah. As you touched on, Paul, when there were kids, it was always better. Because that's what you're rooting for. You're rooting for the kids. When you watch adults and horror films, you, you don't really care. They're stupid. Mm-hmm. So you, you're expecting them to die. You don't really yeah. give a toss when they die. You're just like, well, you're an idiot that went to the door and said, I'll be right back to investigate a strange noise. You deserve that. But with its kids, <laughs> you always root for them. It, it has, it has, like say, the Goonies feel to it, though. That was yeah. the thing. Like, especially yeah. in, like, even in the book, you kind of got that thing. But what I liked in the book as well, because I know it was always going to be a hard sell because you, you can't make this film, this book into just one film or one TV mm. show, it did go into each of the kids' backstories and like 
and and even Durry mm-hmm. as a whole, I went to their backstory yeah. as well because Durry in itself in this book, which is going to sound utterly bizarre, is its own character. Yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah I totally get what you mean by that. Yeah, it has that's its own why history. I, yeah, that's why I skipped Derry's the interlude and I read them at the end. I read that last because mm-hmm. it's a separate. It's essentially a separate story, but it tells you the story of Derry. Yeah. No, nope. like I say, I still enjoy it. I, like it's one of them things I, I I do try and go back to reading it every so mm-hmm. few few years, but I can't do it all the time, as you said, because it is an intimidating book, and when you come to it, it, mm-hmm. it does go down them lines. Yeah. But um, going from one author to another, one of the one of the ones I love when people say they're going to do it, an adaptation of his work, I get very excited for because. We don't get them that often, and when they do come out, they are normally quite good. The Roald Dahl books, yeah. uh, like I say, when we got Matilda a few years <laughs> ago, um, I absolutely loved that version. Um, like I said, I know we got James and the Giants Peach, which was done absolutely brilliantly. Okay. Uh, the original <laughs> Charlie uh, uh, Willy Wonka, because it wasn't allowed to call it Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, because Roald Dahl fucking hated it, but. <laughs> But the Gene Wilder one is one of Gene my absolute childhood favourites. Um, yeah. Like I say, as a kid's book... Captain thing, like Benefit say, Fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're not going into that. Uh, but yes, everything... Like say, <laughs> he was. But we're not doing a podcast on Benefit Fraud. So, so no. <laughs> um, can I just be slightly bit controversial? Mm-hmm. I read them as a kid. Mm-hmm. I can't really stand them. Right. Um, it's not... BFG, I'll give you that. The Witches, mm-hmm. okay. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Twits, James and the Giant Peach can all go and jump in the bin. You can I, get I don't know what... I'll get <laughs> I, just, I just don't know what it is. I just... I am not a fan. Now, I, I, don't get us wrong, Michaela will annihilate us like she did on the Disney one for us saying that I don't like them now, but I used to read them as a child. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why now as an adult, the, I kind of stand them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, can't get away with them. I just can't. And I don't understand why, because I grew up on them. Is it the Quentin and Blake drones or is it just like the actual films? I really do just find them shite. I don't know why the James and the Giant Peach film, I, I hated it. The, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, any incarnation of that, I can't bide. I really can't. I just don't. I think I just want to punch Charlie's face in. Um, I just don't. I just don't like them. And I, but again, I grew up on them. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. When for is that it. mute button working? <laughs> I'm not. I don't get us wrong. I don't know. I don't, know, I, 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 I don't want to shit on anyone of for liking them. It's just personally yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I just. I can't get away with them now. I don't know if I've turned into a horrible, cynical adult, but mm. I just can't get away with them. Yeah. So why well, do you love them? Um, for the for all the reasons you've just mentioned that you hate them, really. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, like I say, the childhood memories, like I used to love reading these. I grew up reading them. Like The Twits, which you mentioned, was one of my favourite books as a kid. Mm. It's never been made into a TV or a movie, which, again... Hor- horrifies me that it hasn't but uh i grew up like say living on gene wilder's version of uh willy wonka like say every bank holiday christmas easter it was always on tv and i was always jumping yeah. up with charlie cheer up charlie 
give me a smile. What happened to that? Sorry. Um, or come with <laughs> you me. You sounded better than her. <laughs> and you'll see a world of pure imagination. So all, like I said, it just sticks. It just nostalgia hits you with a big thing. And again, especially when like, Jack and Ori used to get involved with them and you had characters like Rick Neal doing George's Magic Medicine. And I remember that just making, for Rick Mill <laughs> and making these characters arrive and being absolutely terrified of watching uh, David. Uh, well, not watching David Jason, but what, hearing David Jason's voice as the BFG. Um, like I said, that was on Unboxing Day when I first watched it, um, and that, like the animation there, and like the giants were genuinely terrifying, and me not getting the whole uh, like say snozcumbers and like say uh, when they were farting, it was making them. F- fly i didn't realize that that's what was happening but i was just all for it but it was all part of like the quintessential british humor that roald all kind of had um but i'd say one of my favorite adaptations as well and it was an american version which shocked the life out was was the version of matilda and mm-hmm. as a book as a book to film like say with the cast like danny devito and uh like i can't remember her name but carla from cheers i know they were married oh, and right. Rhea, Rhea 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 that's that's the one they were the most horrendous mothers and parents to this <laughs> perfect little girl. Um, and like I say, going to that horrible school and saying like, uh, like being terrified of that. Because uh, the actor that played uh, the sludge ball was a, she was on the Sea Babies or something like that. I remember she used to be on like a, some children's channel. Uh, no, like, Trunch Ball. She was on like a. She's a, Harry Potter's uh and, 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 no, no, she, she yeah. was, but yeah. like before that, she was on like a like presenting like a, a kids TV show mm-hmm. on Cheese Sea Babies, and you used to get like see you went from watching <laughs> that this lovely character turn into this absolute monster. Um, it was like say absolutely brilliant to do, and as you mentioned before, this one of the scariest movies ever made. Even though it's for kids, The Witches is fucking Jeez. terrifying, and Angelica. <laughs> Houston, I do like The Witches. Absolutely, oh, you, you, you're brilliant, stunning in every single way. Till she takes that mask off, and then I just wanted to throw anything that was near us at her to get her off the screen. I was still intrigued by her when she took the mask off. My because uh, <laughs> so intrigued, I was like, "Wow, how do you get all that face in that silicone?" Like, <laughs> I do like, I do love the witches. Mm-hmm. I can I would be a, a Billy bullshitter if I didn't say I loved. Mm-hmm. that film and mainly um, probably because angelica houston just absolutely makes it but martin if you want to be on next week you better watch what you're saying in the chat <laughs> but uh what i wanted to say as well like i think i think martin had like say a little bit of a point though i think with tim burton as well i mm-hmm. think when you look at his work he can't i can't say he can't claim not to be inspired by Roald Dahl's work so his early mm-hmm. like, work and like say stuff he's based like a lot of his stuff on is heavily like say you visually is like like quite a lot of Quentin Blake's it is Quentin Blake isn't it I'm just talking shite now yeah. uh, <laughs> Quentin Blake's uh, artwork in it uh, but I, I like say when they've done the like say the stop motion uh, James and the Giants Peach like say absolutely perfect yeah representation and all the voices and everything like say scene by scene I absolutely adored it so yes so I I think like I say going from like kids books uh, like I say as an author we need more Roald Dahl shit out these days (laughs) Um, Roald Dahl 
Roald Dahl for me is why I fell in love with reading. Mm. Oh, that's sweet. Like, I think when I first read Roald Dahl, it was that moment for me where I was like, reading isn't just school. I was like, it's fun. I like, mm-hmm. I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And the the kids in the Roald Dahl books were almost like friends. Mm-hmm. Like, the, oh even God, even in like, <laughs> <laughs> even in like the enormous crocodile, mm-hmm. where they're pretty much all animals. You're like, yeah, I could be friends. Yeah, I haven't heard like, the name of that book. I could yeah. walk around. <laughs> I could walk around with it. I could walk around with a crocodile for a pet. <laughs> just Why not? <laughs> I have mm-hmm. my first ever copy of Matilda. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And it is falling apart. <laughs> like it is. Someone quick buy her a new book. <laughs> oh. I've, I've, I've got. I've got another copy of it because I'm so scared this one's going to disintegrate. Um, mm-hmm. but that's that's how much. And this is from. It was off me, Nana and Grandpa, Christmas 1997. That's just so adorable. That's just absolutely adorable. So Roald Dahl, for me, will always be the author that made me fall in love with reading. Yeah. And and Sam's just been shitting on it. No, I'm not. (laughs) Honestly, I I, I do want to clarify. Um, I just just don't, I don't, maybe I just didn't appreciate it as a child where I brought it into my adulthood. I don't know. Um, if we're talking about children's authors, um, who wrote Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe? Oh, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not a huge fan of the film that they did, but if you can remember, they did a TV. Yep. Yeah, film. BBC. Wow. I love that one. And Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe is a book that was read Oh gosh, so so religiously in my house that the copy that Michaela still has from when we were young has fingerprint marks where the, my mum's held it because my mum would read it to us and there's like fingerprint marks and there's words missing. It's so old; it's literally fallen to pieces. But that was a that was a huge one for me growing up. Like mm-hmm. she would read it to us all the time. Yeah, never read it myself, like, but she would read it I to think- us. I've 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 got the Narnia set, um, and the first one, the magician's nephew, the covers mm-hmm. cover, because I read it oh, so much. Oh. <laughs> My mum has a really good collection. My mum bought them a few years ago, um, a good collection of. I think she might have getting written by now because up until recently, my mum would was a reader where she would literally read and just pass on. Mm-hmm. it's only been recent that she's starting to keep them because <laughs> she's going to create our own giant bookshelf um so but she did a few years ago buy the collection and it was a beautiful collection of very similar to my harry potter one mm-hmm. just with the the drawings on it like just the pencil drawings it was so nice yeah. i do like that one yeah um that's one of nick's favorites as well like this uh the lion the witch in the wardrobe but they've never done all the books have there. They've only done because even no. the baby, even the BBC one, mm. they've only done certain sections or certain things. Because there's a certain. I think the furthest I got up to is Prince Caspian. I remember I that. Wrong, I'm pretty sure that was the furthest I got up to. Because it was the one where the rat. I remember the like the rat going off to the edge of the world on his little boat type thing. I remember that being on the BBC <laughs> show, and that used to be absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but like say other adaptations because like the films 
were like Narnia because we even had the the line which we've had three versions of where we've had the BBC uh, thing where the Snow Queen was absolutely stunning. That the oh, breathtaking. That, that the cartoon version, like the animation yes. version that used to be on every yes. every Christmas in Boxing Day, that yep. was really well done. And then we had the modern version, which when I, for some reason I saw in Ireland for the first time when, when I was out. But um I say it's great adaptations, but the like so there's a lot of children's ones that are getting through now, like the Lemony Snicket ones. Uh, I know they did the first three books in in the one movie with the um They've had the two versions of that now. With the first one was Jim Carrey one, which they did leave a lot of the book out and just kind of made a lot up as they were going along. But the the one with uh, Neil Patrick Harris on Netflix was quite mm-hmm. uh, close and strict to the books as well. Um, the Baudelaire Kids, wasn't it? The Baudelaire Kids, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, Neil, the Neil Patrick Harris series was like the full mm. series. Yes. Whereas the the film we only got like the th- the first three oh, sort of matched into one. Thoroughly enjoyed it was, it, the film. It, it, it was a good film. I just I would have liked to see the ending to this to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I'm I'm not a big Jim Carrey fan, but I thought Jim Carrey was perfect for Olaf until mm-hmm. I saw Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> uh, yes, right, okay. I've not seen Neil <laughs> Patrick Harris play. Genius, mm-hmm. absolutely. Was he a legend? Derry, he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you went there. I I went know, there. What, what about you, Kev? Is there any child authors that like stand out for you? I didn't really do childhood books, unfortunately. Um, my tastes have always been a bit darker and a bit more grown up. Um, so I've always read, I've always enjoyed reading. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I didn't fall in love until I read something by um, Stephen Perry. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the Alien Saga. Um, right. Book one, two, and three, Earth, Hive, Nightmare, Asylum, and the Female War. Because uh, it continued on from the second film, which was the best one in my eyes. So that got me in love with reading. Um, I, I didn't do too much child stuff. I grew up with an auntie and uncle that loved horror. <laughs> so they scared the shit out of me on a regular basis. You know, I didn't get a chance. That is the like best ordinary, I... <laughs> I didn't have an ordinary childhood. I was like shuffled around from military base to military base. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really have friends. So for me, getting into a dark book and thinking, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep myself in the mind frame where I'm ready to fight because like German military barracks, English kid, people can say, you know, the war's over. But if you're English and you're in a German military, uh, Germany on a military barracks, that war's not over. They fucking hate you. And I'm not even kidding. Wow. I, I shaved my head completely and I've got scars all over from where I had bricks thrown at my head. I was a kid. So Bloody hell. For me. I, I know a film written by a children's author that you've discovered recently, though. Right. And what Wonder. Wonder was absolutely fantastic. However, I've not read the book. What's um, Wonder? Wonder is brilliant um, about uh, kids with uh, a facial, uh, shall we say, disfigurement or impairment? I can't, it's a condition and I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, um, I can't know what it's called either, but he doesn't look like us. Um, and it is the most beautiful film I've seen in my life. Uh, I will admit to crying at that several times. <laughs> Charlotte cried at that one as well. Um but seriously, give it a watch. It is mm-hmm. the only roads I've watched Owen Wilson and Julia Robertson where I thought, I really love you guys. <laughs> it's I love it's you, a man. really, it's, it's, it's the, the child, uh, it's 
is it Trisha Collins or something yeah, like that? Something like and that. It's, it's facial disfigurements and things, but it's it's a it was written by a woman called R.J. Palacio. Um, mm. It's an extremely nerdy book. It's full of Star Wars references, full right. of Star Wars references, and it is all about um, a kid who has Trisha. I think it's Trisha Collins. He has these disfigurements, and because of this. He's been homeschooled for most of his life. His parents just decide, right, he needs to be socialised. It's time to go to public school. Mm-hmm. And kids being kids, he gets bullied. And he's, he's, it's it's a story of, of Oggy, the, the, the main character, but it's also the story of everybody around him. So his yeah. sister, his parents, his sister's best friend. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's a beautifully written story about acceptance and... Mm-hmm fitting in and how it's all right to be different and it's all right to love what you love it's all right to be a bit nerdy it's all right to <laughs> just stand out just and I, I read it i read it as an adult but if i had read that as a kid mm. it would have been a game changer absolute game changer so i, right. I, I it's, it, it's a child's book but i highly recommend it for anybody now yeah oh that's no. beautiful no it's I mean, w- would you count i kill giants yeah yeah. Oh yeah. That was unbelievable. Um, we, we can't really tell you too much without giving the twist away at the end. Really. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but I will suggest watch the film, read the book. They're both mm. really good. Um, the film's probably going to be easier to watch than the book is to read. Uh, mm. So try that one. But it's it's, it's superbly acted. Like um, yeah. it, it's just it's graf- beautiful. It's a graphic novel. It's beautifully illustrated. Yeah. Hmm. I've I've read it. No, I've not actually read it, but I've read about it type thing. And everyone who reads about it like raves how poignant and like special like mm. the, the actual subject matter is. So no, um, like I say, that is one of the ones to keep an eye on. Oh, well, you mentioned graphic novels. Another mm. one I cried on. Graphic novels <laughs> to movies. Is there any mm-hmm. apart from Watchmen? That's not. Get into um, that debacle, but there, any there was there was one I wanted to quickly mention um, before we moved on. Um, not a kid's book, but we mentioned it. Uh, well, well, we touched on Stephen King before. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean Koontz, Odd Thomas. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That one. film literally destroyed me at the end. It was oh. like I got Charlotte uh-huh. watching that one. Uh, Odd Thomas. Thomas. It's such a good film. Uh, Anton Yelchin is fantastic. Willem Dafoe is absolutely phenomenal it's such a fun film but quite dark at the same time about a bloke that sees spirits and he like well not so much spirits like he sees like mm-hmm. well death essentially and he tries to stop things happening uh he sees these he, demon type things well, yeah so he see, he, death. yeah he so he can see when there's going to be an event that causes death so he get he can see there's these, these creatures, and I can't remember what they're called in the book, because they're like shadow creatures, and they, like the they, of death. they are attracted to trauma and Evil. death, and he can see them, so he, because he can see them, he knows essentially who's going to die, or when there's going to be like an incident where there's going to be mass trauma, so say yeah. there was going to be a, a bombing, or a shooting, or a stabbing, he would see these creatures, and he would be able to to see who they're focusing on and things, and he, mm-hmm. he tries to stop it. Mm-hmm. And oh. Anton Yelchin is brilliant. He and was the fantastic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a full series. There's like seven or eight of the books. Yep. So good. 
So good. Amazing. All right. I've, um, never, I've never heard of it. it give it a watch. That's not honestly. a surprise. Like, Sammy, I don't know why I say that for. It will, it will shoot to the list. It will shoot up the list to one of your favorite films. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a it's watch. Right up your alley. The acting is superb. What's it it's called? Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. The acting is superb. The writing is superb. The jokes and it's like it's it's funny. You're laughing with the characters as they're going along. Like Anton Yelchin and the last that plays his girlfriend, they are just so cute together. They bounce really well. And you're laughing with them at their inside jokes yeah. and stuff. You're laughing at the crack that he has with Willem Dafoe was the copper. Um, you're, you're laughing just th- throughout it. It's like they feel like your friends when you're watching it, mm-hmm. even though it's a dark, dark film. Ooh. Like it's, it's a story about true horror. Mm-hmm. But you're laughing when you're going through it. It's quite lighthearted how it takes it on until mm-hmm. it has to go dark and then yeah, yeah. see that's that's me all over when I'm scared. I laugh. You enjoy <laughs> this because it's not scary. Like it's genuinely not a scary film. It's just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're saying you're finding you're finding laughter in horror. That is the only way that I can enjoy horror and scary things is by laughing. It's I have such a nervous, I am so, it's just, it voluntarily comes out of us. If you ever want to do a terror in the trees with us or a walk around haunted mansion thing, you will get an absolute scream <laughs> out of us because all I do is laugh me arse off. It's not so much that they're, they're writing jokes and stuff like that to make you laugh. It's just how close these actors got on set and you can tell because they are literally best mates. Yeah. Like him and Willem Dafoe, they're just, you can see they're just little looks they're giving each other like sure crack this joke the chemistry is like right there yeah like you can see little looks that don't like do you want to fuck this like do you want to fuck this take up just to wind up (laughs) they're deliberately trying to prank people and you can see it and it just Mm. it looks so much fun um i do want to um i do want to go into the graphic novel bit and i know that i did say about watchmen it's the beginning part is absolutely breathtaking the ending obviously doesn't match up with the comments and there is some bits that are missing yeah. in it, but you can't deny that it's not a beautiful looking film like it love is it. a beautiful looking film. I, love it. I can't say anything bad about it uh, it's one of my favorite films adapted from comic books and, and yep. i'm not the biggest um uh, like i say fan of the director's work shall we say it's all style over substances but it's one of the oh, ones definitely. where uh you keep close to the to the comic the actors in it everyone was perfect fair enough mm-hmm. they went a different route with uh giant squid but they made they made it work. They made it make sense. So I got no complaints. It just the only problem with Watchmen is they brought out the TV show and they blew it the fuck way. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you nailed it right there. No spoilers. We've not seen it yet. No, yeah, not at all. But you are honestly. When was it? When did it come out? Was it? 2020? Uh, 2020 just after lockdown happened. Just after lockdown, yeah. one yeah. of the best TV shows I watched that year, yeah, hands yeah. down. Amazing. Please, We've please watch it. it. We will not spoil it. Um, but you are absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be the spoiler dinosaur? No spoilers. <laughs> I wonder if you can hear it go quiet for a second. <laughs> it's like the Gerg monster at the end yeah. of Buffy. <laughs> the best thing about Watchmen for me was the one actor that was in it that no one knew. Which like, one? No one knows Gerard. No one knows Gerard Butler's in it. All right. He's the one that's narrating, you know, when um, they're doing the pirate sketches and stuff like that, and the comic book sketches. Mm-hmm. It's Gerard Butler that's narrating it. Oh, yes. Shit, I. Um, the only say, because the, the pirate stuff, because the black. Like a comic he's reading. Yeah, but because like, in the actual film, 
the original the theater release you didn't get the black the pirate stuff that was yeah. a separate dvd that came out and i think yep. we'll talk about when we talk about watchmen there's an ultimate cup that's about nearly six hours that has the the pirate uh, i can't remember the name it's the black that's in the black. original cut as well a dvd six version hours yeah it's it's massive mm-hmm. six hours yep it's huge <laughs> and we complained about the bloody justice league being four i didn't, I didn't complain you, about you, you complained and <laughs> did and complained a lot <laughs> Every uh, hour he was all. like, it's another, it's only three more hours to go, Sam. And it's like, how we admit, you like, you binged a series of Stranger Things in one night. That's nine hours. Like, how we? Um, what about, um, if we're, I, I, I don't mean to have a theme here, but I'm going to have a theme. Um, v for Vendetta. Yeah, one of the better. V for Vendetta, yeah. That, that was one of the ones where it probably stayed too close to the comic because the co- comic was very much of the 80s. And yeah. of the time mm. where it kind of mm. lost lost its power, and it, the casting for that one didn't hit as uh, good. Old Dick Van Dyke accents there, but uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I have tried multiple times to get through this film, and to this day, I still cannot finish it. I thoroughly it enjoyed it, mind. Tits off me. Oh, oh no, I thoroughly I, enjoyed it. Yeah, I love it because I love the comic. If I didn't love the comic, I probably wouldn't hate this film, just because... I like the yeah. graphic, but the film bores the tits off me. Um, Hugo, Hugo Weaving saves it, though. <gasps> yeah, yeah. He's, he's brilliant. breathtaking in that. Um, I went through a massive Alan Miller fears. And Viva Vendetta was was one of the I read the I read the comic before I read before I watched the film. Um what's the other one? From Hell? From, from hell. hell, yeah. Carolyn, you from will hell. get your copy of From Hell back someday. Someday. <laughs> it's, it's sitting in my bookshelf. It is a huge book. It's massive. It's it massive. Yeah. It is sitting in my, it's taking up space in my bookshelf out of sheer laziness because I keep forgetting to give her a back. Um I, know, I can barely get through the first few pages. I know I know the film does get a lot of stick, um, but I think considering the size, just the sheer size of the graphic, mm-hmm. it didn't, it wasn't that bad. It really I wasn't. It got all the, it, the concept. It got all the key points. It got all the key points across. It got the concept across. Mm-hmm. It um, was never going to be 100% faithful. No. Because it's it, too big. It's impossible. Yeah, and the, I love the concept of it. I love the theories in it. Like I, I could, I could reside to that as being a genuine, a genuine like conspiracy theory within the Jack the Ripper story. Um, mm. Obviously, not Johnny Depp's going to be there, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Ian, <laughs> and and Ian spoiler, and, and spoiler, that gives me it, was, it was Bilbo all along. Damn it! Goddamn <laughs> 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 you, Bilbo. The <laughs> <laughs> The vacant stare, the last shot of that film where he's just the vacant stare after they've done like the, I can't remember what the procedure is called now. Yeah. The yeah. vacant stare on his face at the end of that film still gives me chills. It's amazing how he is, he's Bilbo Baggins, you know, the, the happiest little hobbit of them all. And then you've got this sinister doctor and then this, you know, an alien. He's, he's, he's <laughs> such a diverse, like, character actor isn't he yep. it's crazy how brilliant he was i think that was me alan moore bit out the way with unless anyone else <laughs> can think of any alan moore films that he hated well. i love that film i really do i haven't watched it in years but i used I went, I went to the cinema to see that about six times i loved it <laughs> we, uh, but 
we started. That was great. We started watching it the other day, and I was saying, "Oh, this this would be kind of um, kind of good like on today's standards with the effects of today." Five minutes after saying that, it popped up on Facebook feed that they're remaking it. Yeah, I was just about to say on the remaking this. Yep, five minutes after I said this would be great on today's standards. I that love up. Sean Connery in this film. I really <laughs> well, to be fair, did. Shame to be fair, it's the film that retired him. I was about to say that you mm. bastard. Shame, <laughs> Shame it was the film that retired him. He said he would oh. never do another film after this one. He hated working yeah. with the director what? so much. Yeah. Who, who was the director? I don't. Oh. Uh, uh, Nimrod Hell or something like that. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh. That it was that was Predators and Stranger Things. Um, no, I can't remember. Um, However, it's Sean Connery. He hated everyone. Mm. Like he wasn't. Uh, it's it's wrong to speak out of the dead, so I'm not really going to say anything. I want. I was going. Yeah, I was going to try and see if I can do the speech from V from Vendetta because I love the thing at the start when he goes through all the V's and stuff. I'm going to try it. Well, mm-hmm. it's going to be impossible to be honest. Um, just the introduction <laughs> of the actual character V. It's it's like when it comes on, it is iconic yeah. I think and even in the comic when it comes Viola I in, in view a humble vaudevillian veteran cast vivaciously as both victim and villain by a visocious of fate the visage no mere veer of vanity is a vestige of the vox popular uh, now vacant vanished however this vallis visitation of a bygone vexation stands vilified and has vowed to vanquish these venville and ver- oh, I can I do it fuck it's killing us <laughs> that was so that good. good that was so good no it, it, it was hurting me brain actually <laughs> you would tell but yeah. that was so good I don't know how he must have read that for his line it's it, it, it just impossible because it, it's vegan Oh, well, mm. it's not when I say Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Mm. Just like say when yeah. he pairs up, and like I think with Alan Moore's as well, he sticks his work with a lot of these iconic things, like the the opening scene of Watchmen when you get just the Rorschach, and he's talking about like mm. all the like the scum and the politicians looking up and asking for help, and he looks back and just says no. It's just, no. Um, it's it's there. It's it's chills. And it's absolutely so he is so politically written. Um if you if you get a copy of V for Vendetta and read his inscription at the front and it's his thought process, like nineteen eighty-three he started writing it. I could be wrong on the date. Um and he's talking about how the world is in Britain at that time and how Margaret mm-hmm. Thatcher's going to introduce concentration camps for gay people. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why he writes so politically in his work. It's because he fucking hates the hypocrisy of it all. Um, but just to have an understanding of where Britain is before you read V for Vendetta, it, 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 it does help mm-hmm. understand where his fuel comes from. It was all about Thatcherism and like all the... The wrongs that were, were going on oh, at the time, but well, he just I think, hates people. Let's be honest; he just hates everyone. <laughs> but I think that's a good little segue as well from what we talked about before uh, we went live, because our uh, book club nerd uh, wanted to have a talk about uh, a subject that we try and stay away from in the group. But I think it's a, quite a good topic. Uh, her favorite, like say, political turn. So we'll, um... we'll, we'll send it to you, little Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> uh it it's it's probably my absolute favorite recent most recent um book to movie adaptation because it the message the way it's written 
and then the adaptation is is nigh on perfect it is one of those rare books where the book is just as powerful as the adaptation but the movie is just that little bit more um and it's a book called the hate you give it's written by an author called angie thomas who i picked up this i was in waterstones and i was shopping and the books were buy one get one half price i thought well that's gonna have to be done. You can't have to do it. You can't walk <laughs> so away from it. I, I I picked it up just because it was it was gonna be half price and I couldn't put it down. And I reread this book as often as I can. Um it's about a, a young girl called Star who lives in a in, impoverished fictional city called Garden Heights in America. Um, where it's gangs and it's drugs and it's underfunded and the kids go nowhere. Um, and her dad, her father, was very high up in, in, there's two rival gangs, he was very high up in one of the gangs. He got out of it and he went, right, my kids aren't going to live the life I lived. Came out of prison, he was like, right, my kids aren't going to live, live the life I lived. And he sends them to a predominantly white private school. So you've got stars story of struggling between these two worlds and then she witnesses her best friend is fatally shot by a police officer on a routine stop and search and the book progresses from there it is about the racial inequality it's about her struggle with her two identities it's 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 a family story it's about how it impacts our family it um how the events of this, this one boy being killed impacts the neighborhood. Um, and the film just gets it. It just gets it. And right up until the end, the film and the book are on par. And then there was one scene right at the end that the author added into the film that I went out when her second book came out, I went to, to see her talking about the second book and she talked because the film had just come out that she talked about the film as well and she said she wished she'd wrote the scene into the book because mm. it's so powerful and it is honestly it it's the kind of book that should be taught in schools what's it called it, Charlotte? the hate you give it's the hate you give Thank it's you. the hate you give because it is dog like the the two-pack song yeah oh yeah Thank and you so i so I sat down and I saw that it was being made into a film and I made I made him watch it and he, <laughs> I, well I think you loved it just as much. It was <laughs> unbelievable um, yeah um, the hate, obviously the hate you give um, thug life um, the hate you give little infants fucks everyone essentially and the way it is in the hood sorry the hood um, <laughs> it, it's very true um, like it's fucking horrible living like that sort of life mm. um you've got all the gangbangers and stuff like that rolling around um the police are armed up to the teeth and they ain't taking shit because they've all been shot at by gangbangers unfortunately innocent people get stuck in the fucking middle of this yeah and... is this based like around in the 90s or is this oh no, it's... Oh, no. no it was written it, the film came out what 2020 2020 yeah, is, that where, is that where it's based it's based in like modern um, times or are we yeah it's modern times right yeah uh, so i think the book was written around about 2000 and 
18, 2019. All right, okay. That's a quick turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. the rights were sold really, really quickly. Um, but it's not like the, the cast in the film, it's not like there's, there's it's unknown. Um, Commons in it, Anthony Mackay's in it. Oh my God, I love Commons. Um, I was only in it for about 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. It is a really big shame because he was fantastic. Um, the, oh, the mum? Uh, Regina Hall. Regina, Regina Hall's in it. Mm. it yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a really good cast. It's just, I think, because it was locked down when the film came out as well, it, it got massively overlooked. Right. Yeah. I think, it's a real, um, real shame. The, I've made a note of it. The only thing I had that I didn't really like about that, apart from the fact that Common didn't have a bigger part, mm. was Anthony Mackay, I can't take him seriously as a bad guy. You look at him and think, I'm just going to bitch slap you, shut up. <laughs> oh, fucking. Yeah, as a gang, yeah. he's not convincing. The dad, on the other hand, went on to play Link and Rhyme in the Bone Collector series, and he is an amazing actor. Like, honestly, oh. that, that film, The Hate You Give, is fantastic. The only thing I didn't like about it was Anthony Mackay. That is literally it. I think Anthony would like something like that. It's good. It's mm. so good. The, the passion in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is second to none. Like, there's a... Even the kids... Yeah, there's a there's a speech um, that the dad star's dad makes after the kids see him manhandled by the police out outside of a, yeah. a it's like a diner, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it it is some of the most believable acting mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I think sometimes when it comes down to the black culture there's not a lot of acting goes into it it's just pure yes. full-on experiences 100%. and i think it's it's definitely stories that need to be out there and you are right like i know i've not seen it but i can i've got a feel for what you're talking about this yeah. it needs to be put more into schools yeah um, was, and the, the reason i ask what generation it came from is because you could literally put that story into anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. up until absolutely um it, I mean, it was look- a band book for a while yeah. Oh my it, God, really? Yeah. yeah. If you look back, uh, you watch this film and then you look back to Rodney King, it's exactly the same sort yeah, of Yeah, it, 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 that's what I mean. Like, I wasn't sure if you were going to the 90s because it was the way you were talking about the police. Yeah. It was exactly the same in the 90s. Yeah, the, the police don't care. Mm-hmm. Don't, wow. The, okay. They're um, kind of drilled if, in. If, if there's any teenagers or kids want to watch it, uh, KJ. Remind of his name, from Riverdale. from Riverdale, isn't it? He, he was going to be one half stars, of the Wonder Twins. He plays Star's boyfriend. Are you he trying to appeal to the children now? I am. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like the, I'm all the, like, hip, the hip kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying like I'm, like, I'm trying to sound like I'm all, you know, like modern in that. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a bad actor. For a youngin, he's not a bad actor. He's actually all right. Mm. Like oh, the God. entire cast was fantastic. Anthony mm-hmm. Mackay, even though I don't take him seriously as a bad guy, was still fantastic. Yeah. Common was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable for the couple of minutes he had on screen time. He was mm-hmm. brilliant. But the dad, honestly, the dad steals the show. He's fantastic. There are there are changes that are made to a few characters in the book. Um, but this, the, the story is basically the same. And as I say, there is a scene at the end of the film that is so, <laughs> so... It's not in the book. But that it is so powerful to watch. I'm going to yeah. give this a watch um, over the weekend. I know. Um, it is, so it is stunning. Yeah, I know that when she was doing, uh, like, Regina King, when she was doing The Watchmen, um, like, 
publicising, she was uh, mentioning that this movie was coming out um, around about the same time, I think. But um, yeah, I, I have heard of it, but it's not one of the ones I've watched, but it is now on my radar. Yeah, I've um, so yeah. But moving on before we start wrapping up as well, um, is there any film like adaptations that that's been made from a book that that's left your heart broken from how they've changed it? Because I've got yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to talk one first because, like I say, I've, I think I've talked about it before. Uh, when I read the book, and I know I've harped on about it like so many times. I do apologise, guys. Um, it was the Danny Wallace Yes Man. Um, yeah. When you read the book, it's a British British guy doing all these things, just spending six months of his life made a rule where he would say yes to everything, and he actually did it. It's actually a true Is this story. the guy who started the cult? Cult of Stock. Yeah. Join me was first. <laughs> um, and basically, He really knows how to push the uh, experiments, doesn't he? Well, Join Me is basically what happens at, at the end of Join Me pushes on to Yes Man. So without spoiling oh, yeah. it, um, basically something in his life changes and he realises he's become a no man type thing. So he's saying no. So when his friends ask him to do something, you say no. And that he's been given opportunities because like, he's, he's a TV producer and stuff like that, a comedian. Mm-hmm. He was saying no, so he just right. says someone says to him just on a like on a because like, in the in the movie it, it really upsets us because it changed it from like a British comedy like jokey to all out American rom com Jim Carrey stupidity where he's been cursed, so he has to say yes. But there was a basic choice because I would have loved if they, when they, when they announced they were making this film in my head. Well, the perfect casting would have been Simon Pegg, um, yeah. set in London, just basically having bad experiences and decided, all right, fuck it, I'm going to say yes to everything and see what happens. And there's elements to in the film that's in the book that that's from the book, but it doesn't quite work as well because it's Jim Carrey doing it in an American way, like he like he doesn't go to like say a guru or anything like that. He just he's on a bus one time and someone turns around to him and says, "You need to say yes more," and and then he, he decides that was his basically big life moment. So he makes the decision. He he talks to his his mate. He, uh, he changes his proper name in the book. So he, um, to basically saying, um, "I'm going to do this. Only you will know." Um, so you can't use this against me for the power of yes. His rules were he, he couldn't kill someone. So if someone asked someone, to, oh, it's, asked, it's asked him to kill someone. He couldn't say yes to that. And if he was like, if someone was offered to sleep with them. He couldn't say yes because he wasn't going to take advantage of someone. So, and he finds himself in like I don't know if you've seen any of Danny Wallace's work. Like he's like, very Dave Gorman esque, uh, but right. like his comedy and like he helps Dave Gorman do his work and stuff like that. Um, but it's absolutely the book had me in tears, crying. Like he goes out on a night out because his mate asked him to do it. Go on a night out. He goes yes. Goes into a nightclub and he's talking away to this girl and this bloke walks up and he's saying, "Are you are you chatting up my lass?" He goes, "Yes." Um, he's going to be looking for a fight. Uh, yes, and the guy looks at him because Danny Wallace is a scrawny, for, uh, glasses wearing nerd basically, and this guy yeah. goes, looks at him going, "You fucking nutter," and walks off. So Danny Wallace runs out of the club <laughs> saying, "I've just won my first fight due to power of yes." 
and that's, <laughs> and that's the premise of how it starts. And then people ask him, like, oh, do you want to buy a car? So he d- starts buying this shitty banger and driving around the UK. Someone says, oh, will you visit us up in Scotland? So he goes up and stays with people in Scotland just because people have asked him to. Um, he bumps into his ex-girlfriend and she's on a date. And, you know, when you say that polite thing, say, oh, do you want to join us? So he says, yes. Uh, <laughs> so he's sitting on a table with his ex-girlfriend having a meal, an excruciating conversation, like being the most awkward thing. And the waiter says, oh, you should try the fish. And he hates fish. So he orders fish because he has to say yes. And his oh girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, and Hannah's going, why the fuck are you being so weird, Danny? You hate fish. And it's just absolutely balls out funny to the point where the guy on who's on a date we goes just grab pulls him to one side to get mate will you just fuck off and he goes yes i will yes. and he leaves the restaurant <laughs> in essence the book but the book like that it's just quintessential british humor like yeah what situations you would get in but the films turn in this american comedy with jim carrey and um what you called out a new girl um Louis Deschanel. and it doesn't work at all I know like Danny Wallace is in it as a little clip, but it could have been something really special. And if you read the book, mm-hmm. you, you'll understand. And it just doesn't yeah. get that way from when you see the movie. So that was my had... big rant. Sorry. <laughs> I know I had no idea mm-hmm. until we've talked about it on here that Yes Man was a Danny based off a Danny Wallace book. And I only know who Danny Wallace is because he wouldn't stop going on and on about the cult one. So I bought that book. <laughs> it's <laughs> <in my> bookshelf. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is on my list of 40 books to read this year so it, yes. it will be read this year <laughs> once yes. I've getting past American Gods can I go next because <laughs> I think mine will be really quick because I've just thought of it at the top of my head nope. World War Z right oh, right yeah yeah the film has nothing to do with the book no. the book has nothing Not, to do with the film they are two separate Not entities really. yeah me and Anthony were talking about this last night. The book is absolutely phenomenal. It is yeah. such a great read. It is actually one of my mum's all-time favourite books. And she hates horror. But it's written that brilliantly. She it loved it. And then you get the film. Now, personally, yeah. I actually quite like the film. Yeah. In a way, I, I, I question the zombie choices with the running fast and such. But that's just personal preference on how I like my zombies. Why call it World War Z? It had nothing... Yeah to do with the book whatsoever nothing you could have called it just brad pitt and zombies didn't the original <laughs> cut have more to do with the, the book but they changed it like like mm. they've refilmed half the most of the film after uh-huh. the studio saw it oh such a such a yeah. bad choice then change the name mm. if the if the studio is going to interfere that much then just turn around and say right we'll change the name mm. because and I, I, like i say that the film is not that bad but it's cutting out to do with that book. Mm. <laughs> I, I think studios just need to take a step back and realise that they are literally bankrupting themselves. Well, that's what How happened. many films do you see coming out that are absolute dog shit and it turns out it's because of studio interference? X-Men. Marvel, Marvel Studios. They're, uh, oh, they're, that was they're Disney's st- fault. <laughs> no, it was, the, it was Marvel, wasn't it? They interfered too much and that's how you got X-Men 3. Just and then speak. that's when you get Kevin Feige come in and say, I'm doing this shit and you are not interfering with it whatsoever. And if you do, I'll walk away. But that's why we got Dark Phoenix, because of Kevin Feige saying you can't use this, you can't use that. 
and and that's why Kevin Feige was the reason behind that. I'll take it, it all back. Because basically, they were meant to be the scrolls and stuff used in yeah. uh, Phoenix, and they took everything out that was meant to be quite good, and you're left with Nout. Yeah, didn't have much to do. Yeah, oh, wow. you can't work with nothing. But uh, mm. yeah, it was the same with um, Justice League. Mm. Studio mm. interference all over. Um, Suicide Squad, studio interference all over. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work at all. Uh, Wonder Woman 84, studio interference, and the fact that they had two writers that were writing two different stories. Mm. At least we talk about that one, the better. But yeah, mine was World War Z, <laughs> and I thought it yeah. would be a pretty quick one. What about you, Charlotte? Um, mine is... Uh... Probably a surprising one, considering how much of a fan I am of the director, but it is the Miss Peregrine's uh, series. Yeah. Mm. Um, the film, by t- when I heard that those books were being made into a film by Tim Burton, mm. I couldn't have been more excited. <laughs> when I saw it, it was, it, it physically hurts. <laughs> oh. like, so I, I am very much of the understanding that books... Adapting books into movies is an incredibly difficult thing to do because you get detail and you get emotions that come across in books that you cannot do in movies. Uh, for example, one of my absolute favourite authors is John Green. The, there's been quite a few John Green adaptations. The only one that's ever got it right is The Fault in Our Stars because the majority of John Green's writing is about how that character feels and... Mm-hmm. The, the way it, it goes into pages of description of how that character feels that you, you cannot interpret in, in, in visually. You just can't do it. And to be as powerful. And, but what, I don't know whether it was Tim Burton or the writers, but what they did to that film, they made character changes that were so unnecessary. Story changes that made no sense. The, the books are incredibly dark. They're incredibly descriptive. Sam, you would love the books. They are absolutely brilliant. Well, I've got to read 40 in a year, so <laughs> you can add them to the list. And somehow, Tim Burton, the, the master of dark, gothic suspense, mm-hmm. turned it light. <laughs> And to be fair, though, I don't think Tim Burton has much to do I, with these movies these days. That's the problem. I, it it <laughs> was such a disappointment. Like, I, these books, I got into these books when I was going through a really rough time health-wise and I wasn't going out much. And the, these books got me through that. They are mm-hmm. so well-written. And the, the the detail in them, the the author, Ransom Riggs, has gone through and he has gone to car boot sales. He's gone to thrift shops in America. He's gone through... He's reached out to people and he's got collected thousands and thousands of old photos from the time when part of the book is set. And they feature heavily in the book. They're Mm -hmm. they're part of the book. They're part of the story. So when you're reading and you turn a page and you see this photo, it's part of the story. And then we got that film. And it was just I just love that. And then we got that (laughs) film. Honestly, (laughs) like, it's... I, I just can't describe how disappointed I was because it just, mm-hmm. it had all the right ingredients. It should have worked mm-hmm. and nothing did. Next time we're out, remind us and I'll pick it up. Okay. And I'll add it to the 40 of 40. Yeah. There is uh, I, I, a few of them. 
We'll yeah. pick one up at a time, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, six of them. <laughs> I, I, I think with the Miss Pellegrim one, like as I said, I, I didn't read the books, but I read the backstory after the announcement. I thought this could be something a little bit special, um, and it just kind of wasn't. Um, it's still mm. like I say when you watch it visually, it's still like a visually stunning bit film. It's just mm. not mm-hmm. what the subject matter was meant to be about or how right. it was meant to go. Sorry, I, I, I think this is probably one of those ones that I'd built it up so much in my head because I was a fan. Paul, are you still there? I'm still here. Just in oh, the dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think be, I'd built it up so much because I'm such a fan of Tim Burton. I'm such a fan of the books. And for me, it, it should have just worked that the film just did not hit the mark. So I think if I had watched it without reading the books, it probably wouldn't have been as bad. So no. I should probably cut it some slack that way, but... But you didn't, Yeah, though. You read the books no, first. You fell in I love with the books. <laughs> and you were heartbroken by it. You can say yeah. that you were heartbroken by it. Um, mm-hmm. another, another one for me was Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, oh. So I, I love this book. It is full of nerdy 80s nostalgia, chock mm-hmm. full of it. The story's brilliant. The, the premise is brilliant. Um, the film isn't bad. It, it's not a bad film at all, mm-hmm. but it just didn't capture the book for me. But yeah. the, more I, the more I compare the two, the more I realise that on copyright alone, that book would be impossible <laughs> to make. Yeah. You would have to have an insane budget Mm-hmm. To get the right to get the copyrights to make that book faithfully, so mm-hmm. what they did with it was probably the the best they could do. Mm-hmm. But when I first saw it, it was a little bit disappointing. See, I didn't get that disappointing because I've never read the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I own it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I tried not reading the first one, but when they announced that they'd done the second one, and I tried reading the second one, and it was awful. The book was bad. Oh. It, the, 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 the second one features a full chapter about Prince. Yeah. And I struggled to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a massive one, Prince fan. Because so. a lot of times when you read things that, and it came out quite quickly after the, the second uh, the film was made, because um, I know a Spielberg yeah. basically announced it, and it just has cash cow all over or cash in. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, it was announced. So the the second book was announced just after the rights to this to the first book was sold, and that they said they were making a film. Mm-hmm. Oh, so instantly, right. and Steven Spielberg was heavily involved in the writing of the second book as well. Yeah. Oh, so it's okay. kind of like you could tell the kid, "I want to do this in the movie. I want to do that." It, it, that that's what it felt yeah. like when I was tried reading. I didn't even finish. I was like, "No, I'll wait." If if they're going to plan on doing the movie this way, I'll wait for the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do own the book. I got it. Um, can you remember Loot Crate? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to get Loot Crate every month and it was in there. And it literally just went on my shelf. And I never thought oh, anything a, of it. Brilliant, brilliant book. I never, thought brilliant a, book. I never thought anything of it until then they announced the film. And I was like, hang on a minute. I think mm-hmm. I own that book. <laughs> <laughs> the story of my life when it comes to my bookshelf. Because there's hundreds on there that I haven't got a clue. And then I'm like... 
Well, they're making a film about that. <laughs> I think I own that. They'll make a film about it. But Donna just wants to point out that she loves the little princess. So she's saying that <gasps> she loves that one. Uh, there. Yes. <laughs> You've got Charlotte's heart as well. There. But yes. Um, Kevin, and the secret you, garden. Secret garden, uh... yes. Okay. Do you want to take us home there, Kev? Um, so I've got two that will be very quick. Um, the first one is a James Patterson book that I loved and a film that I absolutely detested, which was A Long Came a Spider. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, right. They absolutely shafted that book. Mm-hmm. Michael Wincott was a great bad guy. He was a great Gary Sonji as a serial killing kidnapper. He was sinister, sadistic. Morgan Freeman just wanted a paycheck. And you could yeah. tell it was bad. It was mm-hmm. terrible. And they've done the films in the wrong order. Kiss the Girls should have been second. Long Game of Spider should have been first. They fucked it. Kiss the Girls was great. Long Game of Spider, awful. Second one, I read the book as a kid. I was a huge, huge, huge fan. Um, I've started collecting the books again last year or the year before. I've read the majority of them again. Um, was the Meg <gasps> with Jason me- Statham yep what a I pile of crap the fucking third- love that film <laughs> you need to read the book you will understand why it's a bag of yeah, crap fucking brilliant it's Jason awful. Statham fighting a megalodon come on <laughs> it's Jason Statham is not believable as having three brain cells let alone being a marine biologist um, the fellas that they've got playing Mac <laughs> is not Mac. The fact that they have no characters apart from Mac and Jonas Taylor from the book in there. The fact that they've completely moved the set of the film to China because the studio wanted it there. The fact that the shark is completely wrong. The fact that literally none of the story is in there at all. The only thing in common is the name and the fact that they pulled a megalodon out of the Mariana Trench. It is the biggest pile of crap I've ever seen. And I made Charlotte watch it and she nearly nearly murdered me in my sleep for that. I absolutely yeah, can love you imagine this. watching it with him? <laughs> no, no. I made Anthony, I went to the pictures to see it with Carolyn and I loved it. I was like, fuck yeah, Jason Statham fighting a megalodon. Come on. Um, and then I went home and watched it with Anthony. He was not happy. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Seriously, read the book. The book is amazing. I didn't even know the- it was a book. Yep, the sequel, The Trench, is being made into a film now, and I am dreading this because The Trench is one of my all-time favourite books. Is Jason Statham in it? Yep. Yes. I'm watching it then. <laughs> I am absolutely dreading it. The man yeah. has this... no acting ability at all. No, and that's what makes <laughs> him brilliant. There's quite a few of them, though, isn't there? There's quite a few of them, though, like five of them. Yeah, but with, wow. I, I see as a meg as a standalone film, it's a it's a shut your brain off, watch, enjoy film. I know, you, like, as you said, with you, uh, with you <laughs> loving the books, it's hard to do that. But yeah, it, it's it's for me, it's it's um, it's I see it's a bit of daft fun. Yeah, it's a bit of daft job. fun. Yes, I'm sorry, watched, sorry, I was a bit distracted there. Dinah was fighting lots so in the corner. Dinah, um, <laughs> Dinah came and looked directly into the camera. She looked into the she people's did. soul. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> moment and she decided that she saw lots of and wanted to fight him so bad get it no. <laughs> <Kitty> fight <laughs> um, I, I had a total game changer for me with jason statham man when i watched uh, spy because oh, I, like I, I i didn't have an opinion on him until i watched spy and i was like Do you know what it's just it's just him like yeah. anything yeah. he plays is always just going to be him and, his, and if i accept that it's going to make movie go what easier so when I went to see the Meg, I just accepted that that's Jason Statham playing Jason Statham fighting the Megalodon. I was happy. I just it could wasn't. not get into it. It was just, it was a butcher job. It really was. It could have been better. <laughs> I could have got on board with Jason Statham as Jonas Taylor. I could have. 
I could have got on board with who they had playing Mac. The fact that Rain Wilson was in it, he was just, he was bad. He was, he, I like Rain Wilson as a person. I think he's good. I think he's a decent enough actor and he's quite funny. He's quite likable, but he was terrible in that. Um, they, they didn't have too much to do. Um, and the fact that Watcher McCall is in it, they played Batgirl. <laughs> I can do the same as you oh, now. Is right Rose. here. Ruby Rose. She, she literally. Oh, has, she needs to get in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. She needed to get into that shark's mouth and literally detonate something to kill them both because it was just horrible. <laughs> well, you've blew my mind with tonight's episode, mine, because I did not know that Jaws was a book. I had no idea that Meg was a book. Um, there's probably a few others. I have learned. I have learned a lot today, friends. <laughs> I really have. Um, any special mentions from anybody? Um, <clears throat> probably Peter Pan. Like I say, I, as a book, oh, I, I loved it as a <laughs> I loved it as a kid. Um, trying to think of the author's name now because I'm uh, Barry J M Barry. Yeah, Because yeah. I even like the one where, like I say, the the done of a story about him with Johnny Depp yes. in Finding Neverland. That was yes. quite, oh, yes. quite a, that was that was be- lovely. Yeah, I beautiful. Um, saving Mr. Banks. I know it's not mm. like direct, yes. but the the, the yeah. story behind the Mary Poppins books and mm. finding out my dad's Mr. Banks man, it absolutely <laughs> broke my heart. Um, even Mary Poppins, yeah, to film like mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Um, I had a couple others, and I, I've um, oh my god, I've like, the boy in the striped pajamas. Um, oh. <gasps> oh. Can't, can't watch, I think everyone's broken now. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Hunger Games. Um, it's, Hunger Games. It's not a film, but uh, the strain. The strain. Oh, oh yeah, I do actually own. That's another one I own as well. That's all oh, they're unreal. so good. Yeah, I've heard they're really good. Oh, amazing. Um, um Crystal Game Robinson. Oh, Christopher yeah. Robin, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, if we're going to mention a series. Please, George, finish your books. Finish your books. <laughs> finish, <laughs> finish your books. Can't, can't mention <laughs> to, to tell you fucking finish your books. <laughs> Just finish the book, man. We just want to know how it ends. Zoo by James Patterson. Yes. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Zoo was quite good. Um, Horns by Joe Hill. Horns. Oh, I saw that advertising the other day. I was but yeah, it's the only film I can stand Daniel Radcliffe in. Oh, leave leave Harry Potter alone. <laughs> <laughs> he, was gonna, he, he was good. He was good in Lost City. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> he, he was good in Lost City. I like oh, him in Lost funny. City. Yeah. He was Daniel Radcliffe in Lost City. Yeah. <laughs> um, leave Harry Potter alone. <laughs> 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 oh boy! Sorry, that's the wrong kid. <laughs> Going all you know, leave Britney alone on you. <laughs> <laughs> to get under your sheets <laughs> your eye makeup on <laughs> I love it I can't oh, think of any others but I tell you what when this finishes say, I'll be like I was going to say any kids over, over the age of, of under the age of 30 won't understand that reference <laughs> well not at all <laughs> well not at all that is just depressing um, I really generally can't think of any others can you guys um, any, I mean we probably could <laughs> Yeah, the, the Lost World, um, <laughs> Jurassic Park, Lost World. That Is that the a, second film? Yeah, <gasps> that was brilliant. My here we go. Here film. we go. Here we go. Sherlock Holmes. 
Sherlock Holmes. How have I got an entire podcast about books to movies and not mentioned Sherlock Holmes? As to Hello. be fair, that, that's an episode <laughs> by itself. Sherlock it Holmes. really is. That is that, honestly that we could we will have to do a Sherlock Holmes one because we could be here for another couple of hours if we wanted to break yes. them down. You are in, my friend. <laughs> are we going to wrap this bad boy up? Cool. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're hoping to do a. Another episode during the week. Like I say, we're starting to get like to do these midweek specials when we can fit in. With it being episode sixty nine, we're all going to try and do a, like a rowdy, uh, raunchy, uh, like I say, teen comedies uh, episode. So see <laughs> see what we can fit in. Uh, we're going to go all porties on your ass. Um, also <laughs> next the next uh, Sunday episode, uh, I believe Martin's joining us. He's making his fabled return. So behave yourself, or I will put you on mute. Um, <laughs> where we're talking about gremlins, Sam's favourite subject. So what would happen if you pissed on one? It's gonna honestly, Kev. The better tell us the answer, otherwise we'll can't be hell on. His most coming to get you. He is so cute. Like, he is adorable. That's probably the problem, you know. I just found him too cute. But yes, Gremlins is next week. Um, We are going to try and fit in The Exorcist at some point. Obviously, it's it's something that we'll do when we can. Um, That's another one I've got. Remember when I went to Waterstones the other week? I bought Psycho and The Exorcist. I can't really talk about them because I've not read them yet. But yeah, I've got them (laughs) too to read. (laughs) Well, maybe when I'm finished next year. And I think Charlotte's got to give her a list of films for, for the vote as well. So that's going to be yes. the next thing. And and what is the, because we don't know, because we're bad people. What is the um, topic for this this month's yeah. book club, Charlotte? You're the boss. Oh, it works perfectly because the topic for this month's book club is books that return into movies. All right, then. Oh, <laughs> you're very clever. See, we were, we were talking about it the other day on the Goonies one, and we both were stumped going, uh... To be, to be fair, uh, Sam, no, no. Sam, was, Sam was just mesmerised and impressed with me, Truffle Truffle, so if you haven't watched it, we go all back. Were. We, all <laughs> we, we all were. <laughs> we, it, was, it was one of the most specialist episodes we've ever done. Yes. It was a bit emotional. It was, it was emotional. <laughs> at least I didn't cry on that one. Like, at least I, I got I, through an episode without crying. I think you nearly did. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, um, like I said... I think just because you got to do it. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think there has been a few requests for a Star Trek Part Two as well. So there's yes, because you've got wrong for not mentioning things, didn't you? Yeah, a lot of people saying that we list that out. And um, <laughs> also, I wouldn't mind like, thirteen movies did... and eleven series. We're going to miss something out. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I also want to throw out that I am very excited. I want to do a Firefly episode. Um, so I wouldn't mind. Like I say, getting Goodwill involved in that as well, because I know he's a brown coat and we can jive off on that as well. <laughs> but yes, uh, lots to do, lots, uh, so little time, so little, uh, what, was, what was it, Willy Wonka's big scene? Lots to uh, do, so little time to do it. Something like that. But yes, um, yeah. we'll be, Jake will be back with his Twitch at some point as well, uh, with some weird game that he always finds um, <laughs> maybe our resident we might continue our resident evil story it's funny has he has he finished spider-man yet i don't God know he's just he's just jumping in on so much <laughs> yes um so yes join the boot club follow us on uh whatever platform you got uh, we're at 650 now subscribers on youtube so if we can keep that going in the direction 
Um, hopefully, like I say, we'll keep this going. And like I say, I hope you like the new layout as well with our little uh, Donner Easter eggs. I might throw in a Donner Easter egg <laughs> each week now. So play yeah. a spot the Donner <laughs> till, till the loaded lady returns. But yes, uh, same back time, same back channel, guys. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye. bye.